This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Because I can. Was that over the top? I can never tell. <laughs> it's showtime, folks!
Guys, good evening and welcome to another edition of Unplugged, the new Unplugged, right here on the SNS Radio Network. And of course, I am, as always, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sex A. Got a big show for you guys tonight. We're going to be running down the latest on what happened tonight on SmackDown as we are weeks away from the big one, WrestleMania 28, emanating from Miami, Florida. We're going to be talking news of the week with our new official news source on the program. That's right. If you didn't hear, we have inked a deal with WrestleZone.com. And Justin Labar of the ChairShot Reality will be joining us to break down this week's biggest news stories. We are also going to be in the second hour talking a little bit about The Walking Dead. As you know, uh, one of our favorite things to talk about on this show in hour number two we also debut a brand new segment on the program tonight, courtesy of our good friend Sean Beckerman from Beyond the Bell. This week in wrestling history, you're going to hear that as well. But uh, without further ado, I want to introduce my co-host right here on the new Unplugged. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the phenom, the beard, Charles Shane. What's going on, everybody? Hey, man, I'm just happy I'm not sick no more, so... Earlier this week, I was feeling pretty crappy throwing up everywhere and whatnot, but I'm just happy I'm not sick anymore. And I got my iPad today, so that just made things even better. You know, I, I'm in kind of a salty mood. I mean, it's been oh, a mixed, crap. What happened? It's been a mixed day for me. I mean, I won't, I won't divulge too much into the information, but, you know, you guys know that my dad passed away at the end of January. Yes. And, uh, you know, we have been trying, my brother and myself have been trying to get all of his affairs taken care of and... Uh, we've just started to get a little inheritance money coming in. Um, see, my problem is I live in Canada, okay? And the exchange rate sucks. I'm sorry. Quite frankly. Yes, yes. Quite frankly, the exchange rate sucks. Just to walk you through uh, the ordeal that I went today, um, I have a total of, and this is just, this isn't the full inheritance, but I was supposed to get, um, I know that my cut of one of the things that we, we split was about $6,800. And I told my brother that the easiest and, and best way to get it to me, because if I have a check, it's going to have to sit in the bank for 30 days before I can touch it. Now, I do have a check for over 27000 coming my way, and that one's going to sit in the bank for a while. Don't you just hate it when other people can tell you what to do with your money? Exactly, exactly. So that's going to sit in the bank for 30 days. So I said, all right, just Western Union me the money, okay? He goes, well, how much do you want? I said, I want $4,500, Okay. That way I can get my monthly bills taken care of and get caught up. So he goes to Western Union. It costs him $400. So $4,900 of my money was spent sending it to me. Oh, it gets better. Um, Holy cow. We go to Western Union today to pick up the money, and the exchange rate's in the shitter. I get $0.94 cents on the dollar. So I lost another $300. So out of, the, out of the $4,500 that I was supposed to get, 
paid 4900 to get it. I got 42 something. I'm a little pissed off. Holy cow. I lost $700 because I'm in Canada. It would have been cheaper if he flew it to you. <laughs> I'm a little pissed off. I got to be real honest, folks. Unbelievable. Un and then on top of that, I had to go get some... Um, I had to go get the results from my tuberculosis test because, you know, immigration has been a, been really great to me the entire time I've been here in Canada. Um, had a test a couple days ago, went to go get the results today. And then when I'm in there, she goes, well, do you have any vaccination, uh, you know, sheets that show your vaccinations? And I said, no, I don't. So I ended up leaving with the measles uh, and, you know, rubella shot. And to which she says, you might have symptoms. You might actually get a rash it won't be contagious you won't give it to oh, anybody geez. your joints might ache and you might feel tired thank you thank you so much so i'm just i'm in a great mood as it relates to canada tonight unreal folks there's gonna be some side effects your, your whole face is gonna swell up well see that happened when i didn't get my money all the way through oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one was kind of bad but uh, i don't know man it's it's just other than that i guess i'm having a good day um, I, I did actually pick up a copy of Mass Effect 3 and uh, Street Fighter Cross Tech, and I haven't got to play it yet, but I did pick both of those up today. So, Speaking of which, I'm going to be mentioning both those games in our uh, news for this week, for gaming news, because <laughs> there is uh, some pretty crazy controversy surrounding both those games when it comes to DLC, and uh, yeah. So it's going to be crazy to talk about that. It, I'm not even going to get into it right now. We'll talk about it later. Because, you know, I'll end up, because I have a, a few thoughts on DLC and day one DLC and whatnot. Very nice. And you know what? I, I do I do have a, a special for everybody tonight when we talk Walking Dead. Um, tonight we're going to pay tribute to Shane. So I, I've put oh, together geez. a nice a nice lovely tribute to our, our fallen hero Shane. I think you guys are going to like it. I'll take my headphones off during that. You might want to do that. <laughs> I, it might, I, uh, that made my day. Uh, that made my day. Oh, that's just uh, a messed up situation. Well, I tell you what, I don't have time to go ahead and recap SmackDown before we're going to be joined by uh, WrestleZone's own Justin Labar. But I tell you what we are going to do, starting things out. Um, we are going to go ahead and debut the newest segment here on the program. It's going to be pre-recorded each and every week for you guys. Uh, this Week in Wrestling History brought to you, of course, by Sean Beckerman. And Beyond the Bell. And if you haven't listened to that show, you definitely need to give it a try out because uh, he does a very good job on reliving the past, whether it's the WWE, WCW, um, NWA, you name it. He pretty much covers it. And uh, I want to go ahead right now and break out this week in wrestling history. Hope you guys enjoy it. I certainly did. It's time for This Week in Wrestling History. Wrestling fans, I'm Sean Beckerman, and welcome to This Week in Wrestling History. This is where we turn back the clock to remember the hallmark and benchmark moments in pro wrestling history here on Unplugged with JJ, all cap sexy, and Charles Shane. And this week, I'm proud to debut the first episode of This Week in Wrestling History. Each week, we will cover classic moments with old school themes from this week in wrestling history, courtesy of the Beyond the Bell podcast. This week, we remember the week of March 11th to March 17th, 
in wrestling history. Let's open up our wrestling timeline. 1983, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood defeated Sergeant Slaughter and Don Kernodal in a steel cage match for the NWA World Tag Team Championship in Greensboro, North Carolina. 1993, Vader lost the WCW World Heavyweight Championship to Sting in London, England. Six days later, he regained the title in a rematch in Dublin, Ireland. In 1996, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, made his debut in the World Wrestling Federation. In the year 2000, Beyond the Mat, a documentary on professional wrestling put together by Hollywood screenwriter Barry Blostein, opens in theaters. The film focuses on Jake Roberts, Terry Funk, and Mick Foley, and also includes sections on Vince McMahon, Draws, New Jack, Coco Beware, and ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal. In 2002, on Monday Night Raw, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin took on Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall, the NWO. Then a few days later, WrestleMania X8. WrestleMania 18 was the final mania under the WWF banner. It was held in Toronto, Canada. The Undertaker defeated Ric Flair in a no-DQ match to go 10-0 at WrestleMania. The Rock defeated Hulk Hogan in an epic encounter, and Triple H defeated Chris Jericho to win the WWF Undisputed title. In 2004, the WWE held their Hall of Fame induction ceremony at the Hilton in New York City. This event marked the revival of the Hall of Fame, as there have been no inductees since 1996. The inductees were Jesse Ventura, Don Morocco, Tito Santana, superstar Billy Graham, Big John Studd, Sergeant Slaughter, Greg Valentine, Bobby Heenan, Harley Race, and the Junkyard Dog. Baseball great Pete Rose was inducted into the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. WWE sets a record for the highest grossing wrestling event ever held in Madison Square Garden in 2004 in New York City, pulling in over 2.4 million in ticket sales for WrestleMania 20, which was headlined by Chris Benoit defeating Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a three-way match for the World Heavyweight Championship. The event also sees the final WWE appearances to date for Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg. In 2008, Vince McMahon received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And in 2009, on SmackDown, MVP defeated Shelton Benjamin to win the United States title. Also this week, in memoriam, we saw the deaths of the late great Dino Bravo and former WWF Tag Team Champion, Jerry Valiant. So that will do it for this week in wrestling history. Remember, for all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment, tune in to Beyond the Bell on the SNS Radio Network. Each week, we will cover classic moments with old school themes. For this week in wrestling history, I'm Sean Beckerman signing off, and I'll see you at the matches. All right, folks, and there you have it. This week in wrestling history, the the inaugural edition right here on Unplugged on the SNS Radio Network. And, again, if you haven't checked out Beyond the Bell, do so because uh, Sean Beckerman puts a lot of time and effort. And if you didn't know, he is a full-time ring announcer. So uh, Beckerman keeping it real on the indie scene. I heard rumors that he's Howard Finkel's illegitimate child. I, I've heard those same rumors. They almost sound alike, don't they? I can neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just rumors that I heard. I'm sure Beck will appreciate that reference, Charles. I'm sure that he'll be sending you a check for that really soon.
Well, in that case, we can make this a weekly thing here. Uh, that is the plan. <laughs> no, I was just talking about me saying things like that. Oh, okay. Maybe well, for, yeah, for, for definitely. Let's do that. Dealing out checks. I didn't know it was that easy. I'll show up for five seconds and say that and leave. Well, you think we get paid on this stuff? Come on, man. Well, I will be. Well, If I do that, and he's going to deal out checks. True that, I guess. That'd be a blind deal as blind as Bronx. Ouch. That's rough, man. So let me be real honest. When we do run down SmackDown, I, I just briefly got a chance to kind of peruse what was happening tonight. So we're going to be uh, reading off a recap, which is cool. But there was moments tonight when I didn't think we were going to have a show or we were going to have a show under a different premise because I was having some major PC issues. I was having some uh, issues as well. No joke. I actually... It... 1025 around there i actually had to restart my whole computer and i'm thinking oh hopefully this restarts fast enough for me to get back in there and call the show and everything and get everything pulled back up but i don't know where my computer just uh, i don't know what i did to it today just tried to almost take a crap on me here well you know i make it a habit every week to before i do a show yeah at least an hour or two before the show i i reset the computer you know i restart yeah. it I get everything going. That way I get rid of everything that, you know, I, I delete things that don't need to be there and get it running good. Because when I don't do that, that's when I have problems. Yeah. See, and I only restart my computer when I'm going to do something like this. Usually I leave my computer on for weeks on end. Right. And then when, it, when I know I have to do something like this that I don't want to have a chance of anything going wrong or anything like that, even though I got a pretty good Mac computer, I still take the precaution. You're like, you know, I haven't restarted this thing in like three weeks. I'll restart it. So that's what I did before uh, the show tonight. I usually do it before anything like this. I'm going to do some video stuff, some recording of audio, whatever. I always restart. Apparently, Bronx is the uh, not only is he the Bronx father, but he's also the master of uh, computer techery. He's saying that uh, we need to consult with him because he can maybe help us out on these problems. Oh, really? I'm telling you, as soon as I can, I'm buying another computer because this one is like, I don't know, six, seven years old. And I'm, I'm buying something a little more current, a little more up-to-date, something I can actually play the old Republic on. <laughs> I'm going to be real I, honest here. I, I totally want to play that game. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree at all. I was over at my brother's house a few weeks ago, home probably now more like a month ago or something, uh, maybe even two months ago. But I was playing. I started a character on his game, on his computer. And his computer, you know, uh, I have a Macintosh. It wasn't bought. It was bought for video editing and things like that. My computer was not bought for gaming. I, mean, I, I could probably play that game. I wouldn't be able to play it at full specs, but I could probably play it. But, yeah, my computer was not bought for gaming. But his, he has, like, a top-of-the-line Alienware that he paid a lot of money for, and he runs it on full specs, and that game looks freaking awesome. And it's, without a doubt, the best MMO, in my opinion. Uh, I know people like their World of Warcraft, and they like their, you know... Uh, EverQuest and whatnot and all that other stuff. But this right here is, in my opinion, the best because they've taken a lot from all those other games. It, to my opinion, they took the best from all those games and put it in their own game. And the fact that they got all these voiceover cutscenes and just the traditional things that you would see in a regular game, that game is completely awesome. And this is from a person that only sat there and played it for maybe five hours. And that's obviously, anybody knows about those games, I didn't touch anything really. Really? Oh, the games were huge. Hmm. Like, those games, they just go on and on and on. Those MMOs, they're just like one big open world that you're online with everybody on servers and stuff. I mean, just like, I mean, look at people that are still playing Warcraft. That game's been out for decades. 
but uh, Command and Conquer, uh, when uh, one of those went free to play today. Really? And for people, here's something I wanted to mention about the gaming section uh, before we get into that later. I know some people were like, "Well, how come he didn't mention on some of the shows that we've done? We've only done like two, but uh, like, how come he didn't mention this? How come he mentioned that?" The thing is, is we do so much on the show. Like, we do the SmackDown. Obviously, we're not doing SmackDown this time. We're doing a lot of new stuff this week. But we do so much stuff on the show. We want to be able to get to all of it and not have a four-hour podcast. Exactly. So I don't I don't actually go and get every piece of gaming news. I get some of the bigger things. And, again, my opinion is going to differ from everybody else's. Everybody's going to have their own opinion. And, you know, someone might think something else is bigger than what I one of the other things that I mentioned, which is fine. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't report. We can't report every bit of news. Otherwise, we'd have, like, a five-hour podcast. This is very true. And speaking of news, I want to go to the uh, Skype line, sponsored by our good friends over at FreightPals.com. Uh, I believe we have on the line with us from the Chair Shot Reality from WrestleZone.com, Justin Labar. What's going on, man? How you guys doing? We're good, man. Going great. Good to be here. It's good to have you, man. Big fan of the Chair Shot. I appreciate that. We, uh, we try our best, that's for sure. Well, you know, I know that's something that... Uh, Myself and my other partner on Wrestling News Live have wanted to do a, a, a video show for a long time, but I don't know, man. I'm just—I think I'm so used to radio. I, I just don't know that I could do video. See, for me, it was opposite. I, I got uh, my background was always in TV and video, and, and doing chair shop for so long. And then when I got approached to do uh, a national radio show in, in a studio in Pittsburgh, it was kind of totally weird for me. Like I just—I couldn't get used to like not having to worry about the video dynamic. I only had to worry about audio. So then I actually convinced them to start. Uh, videoing the first segment of the show just so I had video to, to, to adapt to because it was so weird for me not to have the uh, the video element. That sounds that pretty cool. That would be cool. weird. We'd have to alienate one of our hosts because Bronx wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you got to do. Oh, so what is going on in the news this week, man? There's a bunch of stories, and I know there's one that, that I want to talk to you about that's been making the rounds regarding Sting, but what other than Sting is really going on right now? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to kind of throw darts on the wall here. I mean, obviously, the, the, the number one thing I think consistently is Rock versus Cena. There's a constant backstage chatter that comes out. And um, uh, I, I think the most interesting, at least from my point of view, um, is kind of right now they're starting news and leaks are starting to come out about that, how they're going to time book WrestleMania 28. Obviously, Rock Cena being last, which is no surprise to anybody. But um, WWE very, being very conscious of making sure that all the prominent matches get uh, the necessary amount of time, which I was totally fine with. You know, I know a lot of people are kind of upset when you look at the WrestleMania card, and it's probably going to be what seven or eight matches, um, and they, you know, they, and they think there's a lot of people that are going to be left out of it. But honestly, to me, you know, I, I've never, you know, WrestleMania is 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 a privilege. You earn a spot to work on that, and uh, it's not a given. Everybody always is like, oh, this person's not on, and this person's not on, and I, it's you, know, you have to earn a spot. So I, I'm happy to hear that you know the Rock first Cena is going to have, you know. 30 minutes plus The Rock doing all the backstage vignettes and the same probably a lot of amount of time for, for the Hell in a Cell and the WWE Championship match. Uh, that's been the top, that's been, that's, that's been a lot of commotion. It is constant uh, back and forth and who's chiming in on the tension between Rock versus Cena. I know HBK chimed in, uh, I think it was today or maybe the day before. So that's kind of really what dominates the headlines uh, and then everything else is kind of secondary. Well, you know, I know that Michael's made a pretty good point, you know, uh, kind of comparing the Cena-Rock feud to the feud he had with Bret Hart, where there was there was personal animosity going into this thing, and he kind of felt like before this that WWE had kind of dropped the ball, but now with them doing this, they're getting edgy again. It's what they needed to do. And yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, 
I, I think Sean made a great point. Um, you know, at the moment, um, for weeks, I, I've been using the same phrase uh, on all my different broadcasts of saying, you know, art imitating life is always, you You really can't go wrong. You know, and I say, look at Rock Racina, look at Brett and Sean. Um, you know, even even to the smaller secondary feuds, the cards in the past history of like Kevin Sullivan and Kristen Waugh or Matt Hardy. In this day and age, where secrecy, there's only so much secrecy of it, you know, because of uh, because of online and because of how involved everybody is, social media, etc. Um, when people know some that there's some legitimate backstory, when they know it's not just uh, a writing team or a booker just putting two characters together and giving you a storyline of why they don't like each other, when people know that it actually stems into the to the real lives uh, of these guys, um, you just can't go wrong. It's that reality TV kind of uh, aspect. So. You know, art imitating life, I absolutely agree with what Sean was saying. It's something that WWE's been kind of lacking for a while. And, you know, and, and it's, you know, I, I, I've been around Vince McMahon, and exactly the reports that are coming out, I totally am not surprised about the fact that he feeds off the tension and, and he's loving it. Between Rock and Cena, you know, he, he's, if there's anybody that's going to be a crapster, that's going to be, you know, helping stir the pot, he's certainly going to be it. And I can't fault him because he knows that. I mean, this is money. This is this. This could potentially be the highest ball at WrestleMania for them. This this really well could be, and it couldn't. It it couldn't come at a better time when the product is going through such a such a transition phase. Not only both from the stars out in the ring, but also behind the scenes. So I, I you know, art imitating life. What Sean was saying, absolutely agree. You know, and, and what do you think about all the guys? Supposedly, now the rumor is that the guys in the locker room, a lot of them are not happy that the Rock's there, and they feel like they're. They're not getting their opportunity to WrestleMania because they're being uh, sidestepped by a guy like The Rock who hasn't been with a company for, you know, eight years. I mean, uh, what's your take on that? Because personally, I think having The Rock there, um, granted, puts asses in seats. It's something we haven't seen in eight years. And, I mean, we're talking about The Rock. If it was, you know, if it was like Luke Gallows, okay, I could see people being a little upset, right? We're talking right, about right. The Rock. I mean, him and Stone Cold Steve Austin come in tomorrow, main event WrestleMania, and all it's going to do is make that company bigger. I don't know, but uh, yeah, honestly, I, I might agree. Stay um, I, I, I kind of see they're going to be Molina. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Molina remark. I, I kind of see. I mean, I, I, I certainly see both sides of the argument. Um, you know, I do think there is something to be said about some of the accusations um, that it's just guys that are jealous that wish they could have made the transition into Hollywood uh, as, as successful as The Rock. Uh, I, I see both sides of it. Um, you know, quick side note, I was kind of put in, a, obviously not on a, you know, and I'm in a much smaller position. Um, but I came in uh, a year ago to an organization called PWO Wrestling, which is arguably the number four uh, in the country, and in the U.S. at least, with exposure um, behind TNA, WWE, and ROH. Uh, with weekly viewers. And, and basically, bottom line, I came in, they were using my name from what I had established online and through my shows and such, and I had became part of a storyline that ultimately I brought in a friend of mine, Kevin Nash, in the main event. point I'm making here is I came in being an outsider, being a guy that wasn't there all, all year round, and I was being put into a main event spot um, in, the, in the big money spot for the internet pay-per-view that, that we had in August, uh, which was their WrestleMania, and I basically, I, I felt some of that same, I was in a position where some people were like, you know, you know, this guy's getting it over all of us who deserve different. So, 
And, you know, I have my own opinions out of that and, and who was saying what. But bottom line, I see everybody's point. I certainly feel for certain guys, especially, you know, those of them that I know personally, you know, the, the guys that are, you know, in that lower portion of the card, the guys that are closer to the NXT and dark matches. I, I feel for them. But at the end of the day, like like you just, like you said, uh, leading into the question, it's about putting asses in the seats. And, you know, The Rock has earned that privilege and earned that ability to come when he, come in when he wants because he did once upon a time, worked the grind. He did work every house show, every Raw, every SmackDown, and busted his ass. So I certainly understand both sides of it, but at the end of the day, you got to go with, uh, with the cash cow. No, you know, and I agree with that. I mean, but when you also look at it, I mean, a guy like, well, basically you had two. You had The Rock and, uh, and Stone Cold Steve Austin basically saved this company from going under. You know, if the Attitude Era hadn't happened, if Vince hadn't been a little more edgy, if Stone Cold had never been, I mean – Wrestling might be very different now. WCW might still be in business. There might not be a TNA. Uh, a lot of things could be said. I mean, but Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and of course Austin and McMahon, the feud there, in my opinion, is really what saved that company. So when I hear guys in the back that might not be established make the remarks that, oh, well, we should be main eventing. Well, where were you guys two years ago when the company had low buy rates? Yeah. And the Rock wasn't involved. I mean, that's the argument there, and they've got to see that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree exactly. It's kind of you hope that the whatever offense, whoever's been offended by the Rock, you know, and I have my theories on who sent, who's been sending anonymous texts. You hope that whoever's offended by the Rock's position and place that he's getting, you hope that it's just a motivator that's going to motivate some of these guys that are up and coming that have potential. Uh, you know, at least by a lot of our own standards, um, you hope that this is the motivation that makes them say, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, 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 I want to be in that spot. I want to make it so they can rely on me and I have to worry about bringing in uh, old talent like The Rock. Truthfully, I think they should quit worrying about, you know, worrying so much about a bigger caliber star being on the show more than them and worry about getting themselves on the show. And just because that guy's on the show, I mean, it's just like. When you look at WrestleMania three, Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, they brought people to watch WrestleMania three, but Ricky Steamboat and Savage took the show. Exactly. I mean, yeah, right. I'm worried about is go there, steal the show, and not worry about who's bringing people in to watch the show. Take the show from all the other wrestlers and quit complaining. Exactly. That, that I, I couldn't agree more with how you worded that. Exactly. I mean, I you know again, there's some guys that are going to be relegated to the dark match battle royal, um, but yeah, for everybody else. Um, you know, even CM Punk, the WWE champion. I'm not knocking anything on him. You know, obviously, tremendous, tremendous performer in a lot of ways. But even him, he's been very outspoken about you know Dwayne and, and his you know openly dislike or or you know disagreeing with with some of the Rock's treatment. And and all all you can really say is, well, you know, you're in the WWE title match against Chris Jericho. Everybody's got a lot of expectations for it. You know, you might be the first match out of the gate. Um, just go out there and 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 use. Use the Rock's name. We've brought all these people into the arena and let them walk out saying CM Punk was the man tonight in terms of performance. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean that's a great point. I mean uh, Charles brought up Andre and Hogan and, and you know Steamboat and Savage from WrestleMania three. When you go back and look at that card, absolutely. Uh, you know you might have bought the tickets for Hogan Andre, but the match that you enjoyed the most was was Steamboat and Savage. Now, you know there's been WrestleManias in the past where the main event. Um, that you thought was going to be the big draw wasn't the greatest match. I mean, we've seen that several right. times over. And I think that CM Punk and Chris Jericho have an opportunity to really steal the show. I mean, Punk is a fantastic worker, and so 
is Chris Jericho. I mean, he's stolen the show before at sure, WrestleMania. Yeah, you know, two points to that. One, you know, I wrote a, I wrote an article, I wrote a, a column on Bleacher Report uh, this past week talking about how I think Chris Jericho versus Steve Punk, if it does in fact be the opening match, I think it's, I think it's the smartest booking you can do because you know, they are they are likely going to be the best bell to bell story, pure action is going to go on. You know, Hell in a Cell is going to be a spot fest. Uh, the Rock versus Cena, I don't even know really what we're going to get, but I don't think it's going to be to the level, at least from a technical standpoint, that the, the Jericho Punk will be. So my thought was, you know, Punk Jericho first. They get to go out there first, set the pace for everybody else to walk through that curtain and look at the entire roster and go, you guys are up next. I think it's great for them. And to your point about, you know, sometimes yeah, you buy the ticket for one main event, uh, but you end up walking away and doing something else. My first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 17 in Houston. Oh, yeah. And uh, obviously I went there. I was a huge Stone Cold fan going there to see Stone Cold versus The Rock in the title match. And uh, while it was memorable because of the whole heel turn with Vince, I walked out of, uh, I, I, I flew out of Houston saying the best match I saw was the TLC tag match uh, that, you know, I think was iconic and, 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 a, and, a, and a, a standard for uh, for that time period with the tag teams and the whole TLC matches. I walked away feeling that was the most entertaining match I saw all night. Uh, so, you know, I totally agree with you. Buy a ticket for one thing, but sometimes something else is still a show. Now, speaking of iconic, let's go ahead and segue here. Uh, there's been a lot going on this past week with, with the word icon being thrown around. Uh, you yeah. conducted an interview with, uh, with Animal, Joe Laurinaitis, in which he actually is quoted as saying that he doesn't think Sting is an icon until he's worked for the WWE. Now, I would love your take on this. Well, I, I, again, I, you know, again, I wrote something else about this, and I, I, my, my thought was um, I, I agree. I don't think Sting's an icon, period. Um, you know, sure, if he performed in WWE and did one WrestleMania match, it would certainly help, I guess, maybe his resume. But my feeling was this. Sting is one of the greats. He is a great individual. Um, only met him once. Only been in one locker room with him ever once. He was a tremendous individual. He's helping everybody he could. Obviously, we all know what he is as a performer. Tremendous guy. Every sport has a great. Hockey has a great. Football has a great. Everything has a great. But there's very few icons. I define iconic uh, basically off of what the dictionary said, which is, Simple, some something or somebody that represents something, and you know if you're making a Mount Rushmore of, uh, of of wrestling, if you're putting four faces on there, Sting doesn't make the cut. You know, I mean, and, and, and sometimes iconic doesn't always mean the best pure talent. You know, Hulk Hogan. I don't think anybody's going to deny and argue that he's an iconic pro wrestling. Uh, he's a name that's synonymous. When you when you say his name, you automatically you could say it to a five year old, and they automatically know pro wrestling. They automatically know. Uh, but he's obviously not the best ring ring worker, but he was smart marketing, smart branding. And I think the same could be said for a lot, for some other guys, you know. But the bottom line is, you know, Sting might be one of the greats, but he, I just don't look at him as an icon. He's just not a guy who's iconic. Um, and that, that really erupts. You know, I, some people want to go on iconic, like, oh, well, this person or this person. I'm like, no, they're great. They were great draws at one point or another. But, you know, I think icon is just being used way too casually. And I see your point there. I mean, my opinion is this. I do view Sting as an icon. I view him as an iconic figure from WCW. When I think of WCW, the first name that pops in my head is generally Sting. And a lot of people will be like, what about Ric Flair? I think more NWA when I think of Ric Flair than I do WCW. Um, but when you go back and look at the career of Sting, the things he did in WCW, the, the whole Crow versus NWO gimmick that he had in 96 – you know, up until WCW closed down its doors, uh, to me, I mean, that's that's an icon. I mean, when you think of WCW, the first thing that pops in my head is Sting. And, you know, 
NWO was a big presence, and Sting was that guy that stood alone and, you know, fought, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 guys of the NWO. And, and so when I think of Sting as an icon, that's what I think of. I mean, See, my, but that, but, 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 but right there, I, you know, I, said this, I said this on the radio earlier this week to somebody, what, what is more iconic? Tell me what's more iconic. Is it, is it, is it Sting? Or, you know, what is more of a symbol, Sting or the NWO letters and that NWO T-shirt? What, what do you think is more iconic? I see what you're getting at. The NWO will you know, probably I mean, be a little more yeah, iconic. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not knocking, I don't want to, I mean, I, I'm not hating on him. I, I said he's a great, but, you know, he he was the top guy for NWA and WCW through years where, you know, where Bill Watts is running the show and, you know, they couldn't go over the top rope and there's Mark Merrow and Johnny B. Bad. It was just absolute, I don't know what language I can say, but it was absolute horse crap. And he then, when NWO and, and the entire thing really starts, and WCW takes off in, in mid '96, what did what did Sting do? He took off. Uh, he took off uh, time from the ring for a year and a half. And sure, they made they, they managed to, you know, work something out with him. You know, sit, sitting in the rafters of the Crow every damn night. But he, took, but through their hottest point, through the through the bulk of the time where they're beating WWE for that. 80-something weeks consecutive, he's not even wrestling. He's just up in the uh, rafters with everybody in the commentator selling whose side is he on. They did that for a year and a half. No, and you're right. They they did do that. I mean, but, again, it was a slow burn story. And, and uh, again, I see where you're coming from. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to have differing opinions, which is cool. That's the great thing about. That's what wrestling's all about. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what wrestling is all about. I guess my big thing with this was that uh, Animal made the comment that until he works, for the WWE, he's not considered an icon, which opens a, a dangerous precedent. I mean, there are guys that have never worked for the WWE, guys from the AWA. I mean, would we say sure. that they're not iconic guys because they didn't work for Vince? I mean, that's the problem I have with this whole he's not an icon thing. Well, I also think that, I mean, we are, there is a handicap, too, in arguing, like some of the AWA guys you want to argue, just upon what the standard immediate today. I mean, obviously, like I said, I, you know, I think, Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, and Vince are four iconic names that anybody can kind of associate with wrestling. Granted, all four of them were, you know, all four of them uh, capitalized on, you know, on they capitalized more in the modern era. You know, some of the people that you might argue, which you have the right to, are guys that you know were in a more regional, territorial type of situation. So, by their handicap, you know, had they been around 15 years later. Uh, when there was, you know, national and there was, you know, internet and have you, you know, who knows what they might have done. But I think that that is the unfortunate part of the argument. There is a meaning to it. Right. Charles, you got anything on, on this? Well, I think, I mean, everybody's going to have a differing opinion on it. But I, I just because you haven't been to WrestleMania, I don't think you uh, can't be labeled an icon. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but a lot of people do look at it that way. They look at WrestleMania as a Super Bowl of wrestling, and they a lot of people do that to football players, too. They don't think they're a big deal if they've never made it to the Super Bowl. True. Well, that's my thing with Animal. Animal said, you know, he's not an icon until he goes to WWE, until he works WrestleMania. And I just say, I don't think he's an icon regardless. He can go work one, he can go work WrestleMania next year with The Undertaker, and that's not going to make him, I mean, you know, unless, unless entertainment, you know, a lot would have to happen for, I think, him to be, I don't even know if it's possible at this point in his career for him to, I, I don't even know if it's possible for him to be something iconic status. Again, not well, to take anything away is- from the company. I know Undertaker that, puts on a lot of amazing great matches. Great icons, very few icons, and I just don't think that yeah. he's ever going to be one of them. I mean, I know Undertaker puts on a lot of great matches and stuff like that. With a lot of people, a lot of awesome wrestlers at WrestleMania. But if him and Sting actually matched up at WrestleMania, do you really think it would be an amazing match? Do you think? I'm thinking on Sting's behalf. Do you think he could pull that match off? I don't know. That's a great question, and that's a I mean, really great question. I, honest, I don't know if they. 
Seeing him in TNA, okay. I, I'm not, to be completely honest, seeing him in his last few things at TNA, I'm not too impressed anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a great question, uh, and that's a point that had I brought up in my uh, in my columns and stuff that I would have probably got even more heat from people. Um, you know, yeah, he, I don't know if he could a go the distance that like Sean and, and Triple H would go on with Taker, and b um, I don't know if you guys ever heard this, but it's apparently pretty notorious with Steve. He had a problem remembering. You know, he he forgets spots easily and this and that. So I don't know. That would be very interesting to see how that uh, how that comes out with with he and uh, Taker in the ring. I, don't know. I think, it, truthfully, I think it, there's a big chance that it could happen. I also think there's a chance that it couldn't be pulled off, but there is doubt there, but I don't know. And truthfully, the part of me that thinks that it could happen is just because how awesome of a ring general that The Undertaker is. Right. I, I, think, Undertaker I think more so. would keep him on the right page throughout the whole match, I would think. You, you would hope so. I, I think more so. I think when I think excitement about the same Undertaker, I think we all think more of A, the reveal that things in business and events, and be the build-up and both of them having kind of a supernatural or, I don't know, both of them having kind of characters that aren't on the ground, so to speak, so it would be kind of very, a lot of, yeah. a lot of a potential lot of for the games. build and for the video vignettes. Oh, yeah, a lot of mind games would be played during that whole sequence. I mean, the, the, the build-up alone of them, too, no matter if the match was really good or not, truthfully. I mean, yeah, it would be a bummer if it wasn't, but the build-up alone would make people buy it. I mean, look how many people flipped out just because one freaking trailer played and they thought the smoke said sting. <laughs> I mean, the That's whole freaking world erupted. The wrestling world erupted just because they thought the smoke spelled out sting. I, you know, it's funny It's funny you said that. I was in Providence, Rhode Island, the night after World Rumble, last year at that Raw in Providence. And I was sitting in second row. I had I was down with all the four people, all these hardcore wrestling nuts. And that damn promo video for two twenty one played, and everybody around me, literally everybody, just went. Like 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 one person behind me, and like row three went. Sting, the entire row went. Uh-huh, sting, and like it was it was off and running. You're exactly right. What's hilarious is every time I think of that whole all those vignettes and everything else where everybody thought it was Sting, the only thing that pops in my mind now is how TNA ripped off that promo. Yes, yeah, that that was uh, that that was the beauty of a uh, of a. Uh, they thought they're being funny, and everybody else thought they're being cheap. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just one more thing in the book that TNA has made themselves look bad. Sure, sure. Well, do you think Sting's got one more run in him? We got a, We got a TNA pay per view this weekend. Victory Road. He's going up against Bobby Roode. I know everybody's pulling for Sting for that final run. I, I just don't see it happening. Uh I, I say no. I'll be honest. I, I haven't been able to watch week to week to week with TNA. I've called in, I've called in bits and I've called on DVR and delay. Uh, but I, I'm going to say no. Kind of what you said. I don't think. I don't think he nor them really want him to have another run. Yeah, but, I've been the same way with him as watching TNA. And I feel sorry for Rude if they actually give that to Sting. Oh, if I was Rude. I would just throw a fit. I would just you know I, I would just become a diva and throw a fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I haven't watched TNA in probably about a year, year and a half. Uh, it's just. You know, we cover the pay-per-views. I've got a broadcast team that actually does live pay-per-view coverage while it's going on, and I just I gave up on it about two years ago. I, I was just to the point where I, I couldn't I couldn't stomach it anymore. And people keep saying now that Russo's gone, the product is better. You should check it out. And I just I haven't. I just I would feel really bad for Bobby Roode, who, from what I understand, is doing a great job as champion. They've really done a, a good job of. Um, yeah, I hear his promos are, are fantastic. Uh, you know, and his in-ring work is is fantastic. His rendering work was always good, though. Uh, but I keep hearing how, how great they've built him up, and I think it would be uh, it just be really bad to, to have Sting with a short term title run, uh, you know, which which is something he's done all his career. He's had short term runs, but I think it would be 
a bad decision to put the belt on Sting and then have Rude go back after it and get it some way. I just think that, you know, you have to put a, an end on the career of Sting and TNA. There's been rumors for a long time that he's ready to retire. You know, at what? How old is he now? He's in his 50s? 51, like, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, early 50s. There comes a time when it, it, it's time to let it go. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I agree. I uh I do think, I'll put money on it, I do think we will see him do one WWE match, and it'll be the same year that he goes to Hall of Fame. I do think we'll see him do one match, but uh, I agree. I don't think, uh, I don't think, I don't, I, I don't really don't know how much of a draw he's going to be to be the TNA world champion. If he's really, I mean, if he's done it before, I don't really think it's going to draw in any new viewers. I, hopefully, um, hopefully the writing staff is smart enough to recognize that as well. Oh, I'm being corrected in the chat room. It's a non-title match. Uh, even if it is a non-title match, I mean, if Sting gets the victory, then that obviously makes him number one contender, guys. Wait a minute, it's a non-title match at a pay-per-view. Yes. What the hell? That's all I need to know about TNA. I'm not buying it. Well. What? I mean, I we got WWE that doesn't put their tag titles on pay-per-views, puts them in dark matches at WrestleMania and crap like that, but seriously? Your main title is not on the line at your pay-per-view? Wow. Hey, but you can't tell them what they're doing because they're wrestling. They're where wrestling matters. It doesn't matter the belt's on the line because the wrestling matters. Wrestling Are we sure Vince matter. Russo's gone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this 100% confirmed, or is he still phoning things in here? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I think the whole wrestling sports entertainment argument is just funny to me now. I just, you know. I mean, I know people that are TNA diehards are probably hating me right now, but, I mean, come on, man. Decisions like this, stuff like this really just makes me wish that WWE, back when things were supposed to be going on discussion-wise, would have picked up Storm and Rude. If, if, there's, if there's such thing as a TNA diehard and they hate you, they have bigger problems than hating you if they're a TNA diehard. <laughs> I guess you got them there. But I really wish WWE would have got their hands and signed, like, Rude and James Storm or something like that. I think that would go awesome. That's the other thing. Every TNA diehard is all... You know, Bobby Roode or James Storm or AJ Styles, they should be at the Fed. They should be at the Fed. It's like, it's like they're not as young as you once perceived them. They all are over 30 years old. Like, I mean, what do you want them to do? Like, you know, they, you know the shelf yeah. life of WWE anymore is, you know. Everybody talks about AJ Styles every single year. Every year, AJ Styles gets one year older, if, if my math and evolution is correct. Every year he gets one year older, and every year I hear somebody saying, oh, he's the, he's the next big thing. Why isn't WWE signed on? Like, he's been in the business for 15 years, for Jesus Christ. I mean, come on now. I mean, seriously, I, I've seen the guy plenty of times in person, especially doing all the TNA wrestling game stuff back then. I mean, every year that I've seen that guy that they're promoting the TNA game, the impact, I mean, you could tell wrestling is taking a toll on that guy. He looks older and older every year. Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, you yeah. can see it. He looks he's also, he's also He's also the same size as Evan Bourne. Like, what are they really going to do with him? Exactly. I mean, if he did go, I mean, everybody's got this, like, big thing that he would go to WWE. And, I mean, there could have been that chance that he could have went to WWE. And he could have been, like, a Rey Mysterio or something that became their world champion or something. But, I mean, that's hard to do as a small guy. Absolutely. And you got to get a lot of people behind you before WWE is willing to just throw their title on you as a small guy like that. Absolutely. Well, you know, I know that they wanted him for a while, and, you know, he decided to stay with TNA. And, and I keep thinking, you know, had he went there, maybe he could have made a difference. Maybe he could have made a name for himself. Even if you sign a three-year deal with the biggest company, uh, you know, arguably, in North America, and you work the road schedule for three years, and you build up a name, as soon as you come off of that contract, your money on the indies. 
That's what I don't get about these people that, oh, no, I'm going to stay with TNA. I'm going to stay with TNA. If it's because of the work schedule and you don't want to be a guy that goes around and travels everywhere and works that much, it's fine. I understand. But if it is that you're wanting, you want more money and you also want to be, you know, out there in the spotlight and everything else, I am really surprised these people do not sign because look at, like, people that have left WWE. I mean, they're getting thousands and thousands of dollars just to go do one indie show. Case in point. Right. Case in point. Uh, Harry Smith, good friend of mine here in Calgary, Alberta. He is literally got six championship belts right now, and he's probably making more money now than he did working a full-time schedule in the WWE. Very true. I mean, look at the Young Bucks. They left TNA and realized, hey, we can go on the Indy Feds and and make what we're making there and not have to deal with their crap. Yeah, but see, their problem is they don't shake hands in the back. So <laughs> what do you do, right? What do you do? But I will well, say this. Curious, I, I will say this to refute that about the Young Bucks. I did work a show with them here in Calgary, and I did shake hands with both of them. So I don't know what all this locker room bullshit's about. Yeah, but that's the thing, man. Once you're in WWE, dude, you're you're in a, you're in a, you're on a totally different list, and Indies want to sign you, man. They're going to have to pay some top dollar to get you. Hey, Justin, one final thing before we let you go. Uh, any news on what's going on with Jim Neidhart? I heard he got arrested. Do you know what he was arrested for? He was uh, going to court. Um for uh, charges on a uh, possession and also a first-degree theft, and he was held in contempt of court. I don't know what he did to be put in contempt of court, but he is still in jail as far as I know. Mm. Jim Neidhart. Oh. He's a guy, if I didn't have to get off here and we had an uncensored, I, would, I could tell you some stories on him, too, that uh, up from the Indies I've experienced, but we'll, we'll, leave, we'll, we'll, leave it as, we'll leave it as a note because I know you guys are from Canada. I know he has obviously obviously the connection with the Hart family, so I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin his. Uh, his. I don't want to do anything more to his image this week that he's already done himself. Plus, we all love Natalia, so well, I'll leave it to you for today. Well, well, that'll be another episode. To be yeah. honest, man, I've heard stories about him just doing stuff oh, yeah. in the wrestling game stuff and talking to people in the industry of wrestling games and superstars and stuff. The stories I've heard about Nightheart on the road are pretty nuts. Yeah. Well, I had to pick him up from an airport once, and I'll never have another trip like that again. <laughs> you know, we, we get, <laughs> that we sounds get, about right. <laughs> we, we could tell Jim Neidhart stories all day long. I mean, I'm, I'm an American. I'm actually from, uh, from Oklahoma, but I've lived here in Calgary for about six years now. I'm married a Canadian, and uh, I've worked with Jim a couple of times. The Bad News Allen tribute show we did back in 2007, um, he actually flew in Tito Santana and uh, Jim Neidhart for for a match and that was uh, probably about a four four five thousand dollar clusterfuck because neither uh-huh. one of those guys did anything we had a three minute match where neither one of them could decide if they wanted to be face or heel that ended in like a uh just like a no count out three minute decision where i got ranted on for three minutes by jim uh, neidhart so it was good times good can't time. trust him yeah, I just I hope that this doesn't escalate. I mean, we know that Natty's got a, a you know a farting problem. I hope this doesn't you know escalate into her crapping her pants now that her dad is gone. To jail. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about with Natty. I mean, you know, for all I know, Depends could be the next sponsor for the WWE at this point. I mean, who knows? Yeah, but I still do her. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Could all right, you imagine Justin. that action figure? I'd buy it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, Justin. I want to say thanks for stopping by, man. We look forward to hopefully talking with you next week. Uh, for some more news of the week right here on the new Unplugged. Uh, go ahead and plug, uh, obviously, Chair Shot Reality and whatever else you got going on. Yeah, Chair Shot Reality on WrestleZone every single weekend. Uh, you can catch the news every single day on WrestleZone. Every single day I got columns, at least one, if not more, on BleacherReport.com. 
Uh, PW Wrestling, commissioner there. Uh, the bottom line, you can just follow me on Twitter, at Justin LaBar. That links to everything and everything I'm doing and wherever I'm at. So check it out. All right. You're not up that much these days. Holy jeez. Yeah, he's not a busy guy. All right, Justin, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Always good talking to those in Calgary. I enjoy it, guys. <laughs> All right, Justin, what? we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Uh, there you guys go. Justin Labar, WrestleZone.com, right here on the program, talking a little <laughs> news of the week and a little bonus, a little sting talk, and that was fun. Calgary. That's how they pronounce it up here, Calgary. Are you serious? No, well, okay, Cal- seriously. Calgary? You, you've, uh, you've known me for a long time. You remember back in the day when I was doing WTR? Yeah. You remember, not Tim Stein, but the other guy I was doing the show with initially, Dr. William Maybrick? Okay. Yeah, I understand. I got you. He used to he used to pronounce it Calgary. That's how a lot of them do it. Oh, I've I've never heard this. Welcome to Calgary. That's how they pronounce it, man. Canada, it, it's a culture shock, folks. I'm telling you. Was like someone there named Gary? <laughs> yes, Cal Gary. That was that was his name. Cows and Gary. There's yes. a, there's all there's a story there. Anyway, on that note, I want to go ahead and take our first commercial break. We'll come back. We'll quickly run over what happened on SmackDown tonight, and uh, then we'll kind of traverse into some uh, some gaming talk right here on the program. So with that being said, stay tuned for more of the new Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Oh, you didn't know? It's me, it's me, it's that D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And you're listening to Unplug on the SNS Radio Network. And if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Your one-stop shop for all the latest news and rumors in the world of pro wrestling and cutting-edge editorials by former WWE announcer Kevin Kelly and former WCW announcer Mark Madden. An extensive forums board for the casual wrestling fan. Stop by and sign up to chat with knowledgeable wrestling fans. Get in the zone with WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. And now it's time for another edition of A Day in the Life of Hulk Hogan. All my little Hulkamaniacs out there. Hulk Hogan just got back from the club, brother, and I'm about to lay the smack down on some poor, unsuspecting female that I met at the bar, brother. Are you ready for the Hulkster, brother? I was born ready. I- I've never done anything like this before, but y- I- I've seen you my whole life. My brother had posters of you on his door. 
Well, your brother's got good taste, dude. <laughs> so the question you gotta be asking yourself, brother, what you gonna do when the 24-inch python runs wild on you? Rip the shirt, Hulk! Rip the shirt! Rip it! <gasps> Why isn't it ripping? Hulk! Brother, it's not pre-cut, brother. Sorry. How about I just take it off? Okay. Are you ready for the 24-inch python? Oh, I'm so ready. I love pythons. Well, get ready, brother. Why did you call me brother? Uh, just a happy... You don't like it when I call you brother? I, I kind of like it when you call me brother. <laughs> kind of turns you on, doesn't it, brother? <laughs> it kind of does. I do this all the time with Brutus Beefcake, brother. But I, I really want to see the python, Hulk. The python. All right, brother, close your eyes. And get ready for a big surprise. Oh, okay. Hulk? Hulk? Here comes the 24-inch python, brother. Is that like a baby python? Oh, must be cold in here, brother. Give me a sec. And while the Hulkster looks for his fanny pack, we conclude yet another day in the life of Hulk Hogan. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart. But... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, brings you Pro Wrestling Nostalgia, featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell. Each and every week on the SNS Radio Network, it's go time. Firebreaker! Original KID started in 91 in the state of NC. In the place to be, your boy paid his dues. When held a visa spot, all the marks are through. Vertebreaker, we'll break your spine. Vertebreaker, just the trick every time. Vertebreaker, we'll slap your face. Vertebreaker. Uh, you knew me as Sugar Shane, you may have known me as the Hurricane, but this is the Shane event, Shane Helms, and you're listening to Unplugged on the SNS Network. All right, guys, we're back right here on the new Unplugged. And, of course, that was uh, our good friend Shane Helms, who, if you haven't heard, recently found out he's going to be a daddy. So congrats go out to Shane Helms and his girlfriend. I wish them all the best and hope that, uh, you know, having a child 
changes your life. And, and, you know, I think after the couple of years that Shane's had, I think it's probably going to be the best thing for him. And, uh, again, I wish him and uh, his girlfriend the best. And, and, you know, that's that's awesome news. Charles, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you're, you're very silent. I wasn't sure. thought I dropped the call. I was like, oh, we had a Skype and death drop. I, well, no, you don't. I mean, there's always hope one day that you will. I know you and Trey are like, we don't want fucking kids. Fuck that shit. Maybe someday, but I don't know. I kind of like not having kids right now. kind of like doing whatever I want. You're still young. Yeah. You're not an old man like me. You talk like you're 50. No, I'm not 50. Just in my late 30s. Pretty old. As I've been told. Of course, usually it's from my wife, so I guess that really doesn't count, but yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. Marriage, it's a great institution. I love my wife, seriously. Oh! Apparently oh. Chris in the chat has a chick with him, and he's breaking her into Unplugged. I'm sorry. I hope he's breaking her into listening. Never mind. Yeah, we don't want an Unplugged baby. I mean, WNL had that. We don't want the Unplugged baby here on the show. I don't know. If you're conceiving a child to mine and Charles's voice, you got a problem, folks. I'm telling you. It's just, I, don't, I don't even know what... I don't even want to finish that sentence. I'm done with that. Let's go ahead and talk some SmackDown. The beard just smiled. Did it? Yes. Right. I've been waiting for the beard to rear its ugly head. We haven't really had an episode where you've reared the ugly head of the beard, but I figure, you know, we're only a couple episodes in, so. I've been keeping the beard down, man. Okay. Keeping so it down. I've been told. It'll happen. I know. It will happen. Eh. Can't keep him tied down forever. Well, let's go ahead and talk uh, what happened on tonight's SmackDown. Um I want to thank uh, Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone.com for these uh, for the recap here. Uh, basically, Christian makes his return to the Peep Show tonight. Talks about the 12-man tag team match at WrestleMania. It's going to change the landscape of the WWE when he introduces John Laurinaitis and David Otunga. John welcomes Christian back, says it's an honor. Christian says that the next guest has no honor as he brings out T-Lo, Teddy Long, Christian says that one of these two gentlemen will have complete control of both shows. Teddy starts to talk, but Christian says everyone he knows he Christian says everyone knows he deserves one more match for the title and Teddy says he's already got what he deserved. He tells Christian he's accomplished a lot and won't beg him to join his team and people will earn a title shot after his team wins. John cuts him off and says Christian will get a title shot after they win and Christian says he won't fail. When it happens, but Teddy just failed. So John says Christian isn't medically cleared, so there won't be a match with him tonight. Teddy says if that's the case, then David Otunga will face the newest member of his team, Dun -da -da -da, Kobe Kingston. Who knew? So we start off this first match of the night with David Otunga versus Kofi Kingston. Um, pretty good match from what I did catch in the background but in the end we see Kofi Kingston hit the trouble in paradise I believe Santino actually comes out and uh, distracts David Otunga allowing Kofi to hit trouble in paradise and get the win Santino what are you thinking about this whole Santino thing Charles well I thought it was cool the things they did with him him winning the title I thought that was cool uh, I like what they did with him at the Elimination Chamber in a way, but it, and also, in my opinion, it kind of made look, the champion look bad. Uh, but 
I don't know. I'm not a big guy on. Oh my gosh, they made the guy with the belt look bad. They made the guy. They made. They buried this guy. They buried. I'm not big on that. But I'm. I'm actually uh, entertained by. And I bet WWE loves that I use that word. I'm entertained by what Santino's been doing. He's been entertaining me. He usually entertains me. He's on TV. So I have no problem with what's going on with Santino. I know a lot of people do. I don't. Well, you know, I think it's it's kind of cool that he's got the championship. I mean, you know, I almost feel like they're trying to legitimize him to some degree, because for the longest yeah. time he's kind of been the. Uh, he's been the doink of the company. I mean, for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know, he's always clowning around. I mean, even though with the Rock Cena thing going on, they still are pretty much PG with everything else, and he's big among the younger audience. He really, you know, especially the uh, the Cobra. I mean, you know, the, now they're selling that thing to kids. It's crazy. Once you get a freaking merchandise thing of your gimmick, I mean, they got to do something with you. You know, I mean, even the Hurricane had a, had a had a moment in time in the WWE, what was it, 2003, 2004, where he was feuding with The Rock, you know, and yep. he was selling all the masks and the T-shirts, and people loved the Hurricane gimmick. You know, it's good for kids. Even yeah, Scotty Too Hotty. They wanted to break that mask record. Why did they bring him back, too? Even Scotty Too Hotty had the worm. Kids bought the fucking worm. So Don't drink the worm. Don't drink it. That shit will fuck you up. Just saying. <laughs> You never had tequila. Take my word on it. It will fuck you up. <laughs> Leave the worm alone, kids. Leave it alone, Leave folks. Leave the worm alone. All right. Uh, our next little segment, we have Daniel Bryan, who is waiting patiently or impatiently outside the Divas locker room for AJ. And uh, she comes out wearing a dress. And Daniel Bryan basically tells her to kind of turn around so we can take a look at it. And he makes the remark. I'm not kidding here. It looked better on the mannequin <laughs> in the store that I bought it from. Oh, wow. To which AJ looks a little embarrassed, and he talks about how they're the power couple of the WWE, and he set her up with a match tonight that if she wins, she'll get a Divas Championship match in the future. I, I almost get the feeling that they're trying to make Daniel Bryan and AJ the next um, you know, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. Oh, I thought you were going to say Chris Brown and Rihanna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> well, I guess that would be more modern, so I guess that probably works too. Uh, but, no, I mean, you, you go back and, and watch Savage with Elizabeth, you know, when he was um, very bossy over what she did. And if anybody looked at her, you know, he'd, he'd go apeshit crazy. And I think I don't think that's the gimmick that they're going. But I love that Daniel Bryan is being this cold-hearted bastard. Well, it looked better on the mannequin that I bought it from, you know, like – uh, you know, there's the there's the jabs there. The you know, just him being cruel to her. Then at some point, you know, is going to backfire on him, and AJ is going to turn on him. And, and and I'm liking where this is going. At first, I thought Daniel Bryan as a cowardly character wasn't going to work, but I really like this transformation that they've done from him losing every match to winning Money in the Bank to losing every match to now being the World Heavyweight Champion. I'm loving it. I think they're doing a fantastic job with Bryan here. Being, uh, Ashley's actually saying in the chat that JJ, he's telling you, he says that Brian even mentioned he wanted to be pretty much the next Savage and Elizabeth or Triple H and Stephanie. He's um, off to a good shows. start. He's off to yeah, a good shows. start. Um, so now we have the aforementioned match. We have uh, Nikki Bella with her sister Bree versus AJ, who is accompanied by uh, Daniel Bryan. And in this match, we see twin magic happen. But we also see AJ get a surprise roll-up for the win. So AJ wins this match. 
and will now, in the very near future, get a Divas Championship title match. Oh my gosh, it is Stephanie and Triple H all over again. Yes, it They're is. We're going to give her the belt. So next up, we have Cody Rhodes uh, in the back talking with Matt Stryker. He talks about all the embarrassing moments he's been showing lately with the big show. Um, and he always talks about how Co or that uh, the big show comes up short at WrestleMania. He's never won a WrestleMania match. And he's going to go out right now and beat a giant by beating the great Khali. And I will say this. I did catch this match. I was very impressed with Cody. Now, granted, he was Excuse me. He was in the ring with the great Kali, who, you know, isn't the greatest worker, mind you. But I like the fact that Cody was wearing him down with submission holds. And the finish of this match saw Cody hit a beautiful, and I do mean a beautiful, beautiful disaster. We'll just put two beautifuls in there. Beautiful two disaster. There you go. Uh, I like That's that. what I respect about Cody Rose, man. You can really tell his all-around... Uh, persona on television everything, you can really tell that he's not just a guy that is like, you oh, know, whatever. He, he's old school, and that's what I like. He's keeping old school wrestling in wrestling. And that's why it's great that he has the old school intercontinental title because when he wrestles, he throws a lot of old school uh, situations and scenarios in his matches, rest holds, things like that. I mean, obviously, yeah, those were used for wrestlers to, as rest holds, but it's cool to see that stuff because I'm a huge fan of old school wrestling, and I know a lot of people that watch wrestling nowadays are from the Attitude Era, and there's quite a few people that never even watched wrestling in the 80s and stuff like that. So as a person that grew up on wrestling you know, in the 80s and stuff like that and old school wrestling like that, not just the Attitude Era, I appreciate his style every time that he's in the ring, and it's very entertaining for me to watch him every time. You know, and I'll say this about uh, about Cody. Uh, you know, I think it was last year Trey and I both said that Dolph was the most improved in-ring talent. I think yeah. I think I'm going to have to say if things continue the way they are with Cody Rhodes, I'm going to say that, you know, by the end of the year this guy is going to be my pick for the most improved talent. I mean, he has come I could see a that. long way, folks. And there are reports he's got some nagging injuries going into WrestleMania. Um, with everything we've seen with Cody, you know, all the, the stuff he's pulled to the big show, he's tried to embarrass him. Um, I really think that it's a safe bet to say that Cody more than likely is dropping that title to the big show. I mean, he's already had uh, a reign that's comparable to, I believe, what was it, Pedro Morales? Honky Tonk uh, Man. Honky Tonk Man, Shawn Michaels. I mean, he's had a long reign with that championship belt. And even I'll tell you if, what, if he has nagging injuries going into Mania, he's, he's doing a good job of hiding it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Watch him on TV. I wouldn't know that. No, he, he looks good in the ring. I mean, you know, I, again, I think he's the most improved guy on the roster. And if he does have nagging injuries, then, you know, why not have the big show go out there and squash him in a pretty quick match? You know, I know people are like, well, don't you want Cody to, to look good at WrestleMania? With everything that he has done to the big show, I honestly expect the big show to walk down to the ring, choke slam him, punch him, and win the Intercontinental Championship and Cody to take months off to recover and then come back stronger than he was before. That's how I'm seeing this scenario play out. I could be wrong, but if I were a betting man, that's what I would say. As much as I would not like to see it, truthfully, uh, if he's got injuries and stuff, I could really see that happening. But to be completely honest, I wish it would happen in, on SmackDown or something after WrestleMania. I would like to see Cody Rhodes walk out with the belt. You know, I don't know if it'll be this year, but maybe next year. 
I mean, the rumor is that, you know, at SummerSlam, they're bringing back Money in the Bank. And they're hoping that Barrett's back so they can put the belt or they can put the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase in his possession. So we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, I, it sucks that Money in the Bank's not there. Money in the Bank, uh, I mean, I've been at a couple of Wrestle, been at two WrestleManias where Money in the Bank was there, 23 and 24. And it is a great match to watch live or on television, either way. And I mean, if you really think about it, though, it, it's the spot fest match that gets people, ooh, ah, oh, wow, you know. But truthfully, Hell in the Cell is going to do that this year. I agree. Now, next up, we have Randy Orton uh, coming down to the ring. He's got a new shirt, folks. It's a white shirt with RKO on the front. I actually kind of like it. I might actually order this shirt. It looks it's pretty nice. I'm a fan of shirts like that. I'm not a big fan of the shirts where, like the basic shirts usually. Uh, that's why I usually hold off for a wrestler's second shirt if they're a new uh, up-and-coming talent because I hate the wrestler shirts where it's just like a picture of them or their face real huge on the front. I mean, I want a cool saying or some kind of cool design. I don't want a big guy's face on my shirt. That's just goofy to me. Well, and speaking of, of merchandising, uh, I think probably in the next couple of months, once I'm financially able to do so, I think I'm going to be picking up a few, uh, a few title belts. I'm getting the Classic Intercontinental Championship, the one that Cody's got with the white strap. I'm totally getting that. Yeah, that, that belt just looks beautiful. And, and I want a big, I want a World Heavyweight Championship belt as well. I'll probably get those two. And I'm even looking at procuring an SNS. Which one? <clears throat> the current one? Yeah, the current one. I'm okay. even looking at procuring an SNS title belt. Well, you already got the Gold Eagle Wing tips, right? I, I do have the Gold Eagle Wing right, tip. Not. I've got uh, Harmony has the Women's Championship. The women's, not the diva. Not the diva. The women's championship. Okay. She's had that for many years, and uh, I would not ever, even if I was a girl, I would not buy that butterfly belt. That thing's horrible. And Zeus so says in, in the chat, he's got the, he's getting the TNA one. I actually want the old TNA one, the one that Kurt Angle had that looked like the winged eagle belt. I actually wouldn't mind getting a replica of that one because I like that belt. Get the uh, butterfly belt and send that to Bronx. He won't know the difference. <laughs> Damn. Ron Simmons was here right now. He'd be a damn. <laughs> I, might to, I might have to start cutting that just for moments on the show. We'll just have to have a Ron Simmons moment. <laughs> damn. Hey, he is going in the Hall of Fame. He kind of is. So anyway, uh, as I alluded to, Randy Orton's walking down to the ring. Says when he has a problem with someone, he hunts them down. But the past few weeks, he's been hunted down by Kane. He says they're going to destroy each other. But he wants to know why Kane has been attacking him well Kane comes out with his pyro of course stands at the top of the stage and he tells Orton that the reason he has a problem with him is they show this clip from I guess last summer when Randy Orton assisted Kane and so the whole basis of this hatred toward Randy Orton is because Randy Orton helped him last summer yeah that's pretty weak Looks like Kane blew out his appendix or something. I mean, what the hell? You know, they could make a movie out of this. I helped you last summer. What do you mean you helped me and shook my hand like you know, out of the ring? You could literally, I'm coming for you, man. You could you could literally have a movie called "I Helped You Last Summer," where people <laughs> people that helped Kane last year are now getting beat to shit because they helped him last summer. Oh man, the whole roster is in trouble almost. Man. I mean, WWE belt or WWE, excuse me, WWE films would just go crazy with that movie, wouldn't you think? I mean, you know, you've got the ring attendant in the back, the caterer. I mean, he could he could completely dominate all the guys in the back. 
I mean, we go from the John Cena feud that he, quite frankly, upon his debut, should have run John Cena down and beat. But no, we got to make John Cena strong for The Rock. We can't have him having doubts in his in his persona. We can't have him having doubts going into the biggest match of his career. Eh, let's put him in there with Randy Orton because you know Randy doesn't have anything to do. He's not made of any wrestling. But let's put him in there with Kane and let's let's do a stupid. I helped you last summer thing where he wants to beat the crap out of him now. Brilliant idea, WWE. I, again, I was fine until you had this this whole scenario unfold in front of me as to why he's attacking Randy Orton. I'll wait until WrestleMania is over and we have the next pay-per-view. That I would be like, Charles, you last summer. this would be like, you know, if I lived in Ohio and you broke down on the side of the road and I came and helped you with a fucking flat tire and six months later, you fucking kicked my ass because I helped you change your fucking tire. Are you fucking kidding me? You see this? You know what this is? This is the tire iron that you helped me with. Pow! <laughs> no fucking sense, WWE. Come on. It was pretty weak, man. I mean, they played that freaking uh, history clip from last year and it's just Kane, like... Like, just crunching over in front of Randy Orton and shaking his hand and then just stumbles and falls out of the ring. And there's a reason I don't like you, Randy Orton. <laughs> Let's fight. I'm going to remember that next time somebody helps me. Six months later, I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of them. And when they want to know why, I'm going to say, <laughs> because you helped me. Oh, oh my God. I, I don't know. So, anyway, yeah, Kane says that, you know, we'll beat each other down, but I'm going to do it on the big stage. I'm going to do it at WrestleMania. Okay, Kane. You got us. We get it now. So weak. That's I. I I'm just. I'm in disbelief. So well, next, I think it's just hilarious that it. <laughs> it took him this long <laughs> to come after a guy that helped him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not even that. It's the time lapse too of you know, how long it's to, been since Randy Orton helped him out. You know, to to hell with the idea. Of, you know, someone screws me over, I'm going to beat the crap out of them. No, I'm going to go after the guy that helped me. <laughs> yeah. How dare you make me look fucking weak? You know, I just lost to John Cena in a freaking ambulance match. I should still probably be mad at him. Nope, this guy helped me last year. Here I come. <laughs> Somebody needs to, uh, I don't know, sit him down on Freud's couch, I guess. I don't know. Kane is, uh, well, that's interesting. I mean, I know they're just looking like, for something to do with these two guys, give them the WrestleMania paycheck, whatnot, and stuff like that, you know, pretty much for WrestleMania. But it's like, really, you couldn't have thought of a better reason why these two need to fight each other? Uh, I digress. Zeus Zeus makes an interesting point in the chat room. It's like fucking a bitch with herpes and then doing it again. Well, if you fucked a bitch with herpes and you got herpes, chances are you are doing it again because you're not fucking anybody else, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your one-stop shop, dude. From Think now about on. that for just a second, folks. And apparently Bronx wants to scratch and sniff my beard or something. I don't know, weird. Wow. Is it Braille? <laughs> <laughs> we better, uh, maybe that's why. Uh, anyway. Uh, Everybody's face is a scratch and sniff with Bronx, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it has no choice. Wow. Our, our, uh, our child-friendly rating just went out the window. Oh, wait, we don't have one of those. Never mind. <laughs> I didn't know we had a, we have a rating. No, we don't. We don't. Oh, uh, okay. Let's, let's see. Next match, we had Drew McIntyre, the returning Drew McIntyre, because, you know, he won his contract back after beating the shit out of Hornswoggle last week. In case you didn't know. Just letting you know. That's what happened. So we have Drew McIntyre versus The Big Show. That's right. 
Drew's all happy that he's got a match tonight. Teddy Long comes on the Titantron and says, hey, player, I, I got a match for you. I know you, you signed a one-year contract with a no-cut clause. <laughs> so here, here, here's your opponent. And we got the big show, and, well, the big show beats the crap out of poor little Drew. He hits him with a harpoon because it's not a spear, folks. It's bigger than a spear. It's a harpoon. <laughs> And after the harpoon, he choke slams him, and then he hits him with the weapon of mass destruction, punching him to the face. And the ref determines that Drew can't continue, so he calls for the bell. So Big Show, via knockout, wins this match. What is this with everything with Drew? Somebody can't continue. I don't know. Whether it's him or his opponent, that's how his matches are. Well, we're, Watch we're, this happen for like uh, five months. Somebody can't continue every time. So, literally, our next match on the card, Mark Henry versus Yoshitatsu. If you blinked, you missed it, folks. It was done very quickly. Yoshi actually attempts to kick Mark Henry a few times. Henry hits him with a headbutt, chokes him on the ropes, shoves him in the corner, gives him a chop, then hits the power slam. Then he picks him up, and World Strongest slams him. So your winner, by complete and utter domination... The world's strongest man, Mark motherfucking Henry. Can you believe it? That's just ridiculous. Seriously. That's like Andre the Giant fighting Dale Wolf. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know we were doing matches like that in wrestling anymore. Or Dusty Wolf, for that matter. <laughs> now, the next part of the show really, it really takes off. We have Chris Jericho come out with his light-up jacket. And talks about the promo that he cut on CM Punk on Raw and says he won't apologize for it. CM drunk. CM drunk. And does the CM drunk thing. This was a very powerful promo by Chris Jericho. I'm going to say this is probably moment of the night from what I did see. Um, a lot of people are kind of crazy about this whole, you know, CM drunk thing. You know, they're like, oh, how could they, they take it to that, that next level? Well, because they got your interest now. It, well, that, and if you look on the SNS Facebook page, which if you haven't signed up for that, I, don't, I mean, if you, really, I don't know what you're missing. I mean, it's, it's almost like a wrestling website. I mean, it's there's at least 100 things posted per day on that Facebook page. You, you definitely got to check that out. I mean, we're seeing old clips. We're seeing editorials. I mean, people are just putting their stuff there. and it's We even uh, have a certified nutcase. Exactly. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, it's the place you need to be, so... <laughs> Definitely check out the SNS group on Facebook. Um, He's got papers, folks. He does have papers. He is certifiably fucking nuts. <laughs> um, but someone posted a video from Ring of Honor some years ago in a promo with CM Punk, uh, who's talking to Raven. He was in a feud with Raven, where he talks about his dad being a drunk. So I like the fact that WWE is pulling this stuff out. You know, obviously Jericho and Punk got together and said, okay, what can we do to intensify the feud? And Punk probably said, hey, why don't we do this? And I'm loving it. I think that they have really drawn my interest away from a lot of the other matches. I mean, am I interested in Hell in a Cell? Absolutely. Am I interested in Rock and Cena? Yes. But I got to say the three matches on this card that really interest me more than any are the two I just mentioned and CM Punk and Chris Jericho. And I think that that one could possibly steal the show. And so I'm loving what they're doing here. Uh, fantastic promo by Jericho as he drops the mic and says, Pipe bomb. 
I'm very intrigued by this angle. I'm glad they went in this direction with this whole see him drunk thing and bringing in the pacifist father and things like that. I know some people are like, oh my gosh, it's so personal. It's like, yeah, but I mean, think about it. That's how wrestling is nowadays. It's a lot of personal things, reality type things, and they're going full force with it. And I mean, they got my interest with this. Well, you, and like you, you said, to. I really feel this is one of the matches that could show up in, sure, Rock, Cena, Undertaker, Triple H, Streak, all that stuff, bringing people to the show, but. I'm looking. I'm always looking for someone else to actually steal the show. So our next match is Chris Jericho versus Sheamus. Really good match. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of these guys. I'm I a think, huge fan of Sheamus. I know people are like, oh, he's, he's Triple H's, you know, workout buddy and whatever. Who cares? That dude is freaking awesome in the ring. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And like his ring knowledge and know how in the ring and just being able to carry a match with somebody is just you know. I mean, some would say second to none. He's really come a long way. I mean, truthfully, when he first came in there, the guy had a mind for the business, you could tell, and he's just gotten better. Now, the finish of this match, Sheamus misses the bro kick, goes after or kicks out of a pin after Jericho hits the lion salt. Jericho catches him on the top turnbuckle. Sheamus knocks him down and hits a battering ram, calls for the Celtic cross. Jericho counters with his own walls of Jericho. Sheamus reaches the ropes, breaks the hold, goes for the Celtic cross yet again. Jericho slides out, and Sheamus uh, sends him to the outside. Uh, then we have Daniel Bryan come out and interfere. Jericho knocks Sheamus off the apron. Sheamus fails to make it back in before the 10 count. So the winner here, courtesy of interference by the world heavyweight champion, Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho. And that is what wraps up the SmackDown for tonight. Now, generally, from what I've read, it sounds good. From what I saw, it was a pretty good show. Again, I was having PC problems and trying to get that worked out before the show. Um, but I would say that I think they delivered a pretty entertaining SmackDown tonight. I would say so. I mean, I'm always, like, with the stuff, like I said, the stuff they got going on right there, I don't want to see Cody Rhodes drop the belt to Big Show, but I am intrigued by that because I'm a huge fan of Cody Rhodes. Truthfully, I I mean, they got me entertained with this, but I don't know. I just rather would see, I guess, so, Cody Rhodes, I'd rather see him in a match with someone more his size because I think they could pull off a better match. I mean, there's only so many things you can do in the ring with Big Show, and a lot of it you've already seen him do with somebody else. But, yeah, I'm really intrigued with the Jericho CM Punk thing. I'm right there with you with the possible chance of that match stealing the show. And I, I, I guess in this aspect, I'm like other people with SmackDown. I hold SmackDown in a different... I guess on a different level than Raw because I usually get and I expect more wrestling on SmackDown and a lot more entertainment on Raw and that's one of the things that you know I I like that line that's drawn there that makes the two shows different makes me want to watch both shows. True that. Well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and take our final break. We're going to come back and kind of break into the gaming news. So, guys, keep listening. You're listening right here on the new Unplugged on the SNS Radio Network. We're going to be right back right after this. Schroeder, you're listening on the SNS Network. 
present Victory Road, live March 18th, only on pay-per-view. And don't forget to tune in this Sunday night, March 18th, as Sunday Night Showdown returns with the trade-off. Mark the Shark DiCarlo and the Bronx father, Tony Mirabella, as they cover Victory Road live on pay-per-view for the TNA edition of Sunday Night Showdown. Each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. My name is Dan Van Dam from the DailyGamePad.com. We have gaming news, reviews, and podcasts and more. While we say we welcome you aboard to check out our website, we have news feeds from all across the internet, we have reviews that is from ample, if not considerate, reviewers, as well as we have podcasts coming in the works. So, stay tuned, strap down, strap on, and well, get ready for your heavyweight championship of the world. Because you are a champion, my friend, when you look at TheDailyGamePad.com. TheDailyGamePad.com, your one-stop shop for all video game-related news. www.TheDailyGamePad.com You've demanded it for decades, and now your favorite WWE arcade game is back. WWE WrestleFest, completely reimagined on your iPhone and iPad, featuring the biggest WWE superstars and legends. Challenge a friend in multiplayer tag team matches. Epic DLC content, featuring over 30 WWE superstars and legends. Prove yourself in the Ultimate Royal Rumble. All new Road to WrestleMania storyline. Beat the odds and become WWE Champion. Grab your iPhone or iPad. The classic arcade game, WrestleFest, is available now. Don't believe it, but I'm betting that you will. That one off of the jelly, but the bit with the 
Hey, you listen on the SMS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold All right, guys, we're back right here on the new Unplugged on the SNS Radio Network, and it's kind of weird, man. It was looping there for a second, Charles. I don't know what the I, seriously <laughs> we're man, loopy. I, it got loopy. I don't know what the hell happened there, but it was looping. Reefer uh, addicts right now are uh, normal. And they're like, was that part of the song? What? What? Huh? Another Friday night, man. Friday night technical difficulties abound, folks. It happens. Well, you know what time it is. It's time to talk some gaming news, so I'm going to throw it over to you, Charles. We don't have a intro? <laughs> I was waiting for the intro. Oh, wait, wait. You want an intro? Okay, hold on a second. I thought you had the sounder. That's what I was waiting for. If I, not, I'll I, just go. Well, you know, I need to work on a sounder, but here, let me give you a sounder. <laughs> and now it's time for oh, the new Unplugged to present gaming news with the phenom, Charles Shane. Thanks for that intro, Fink. You're welcome, leading the asshole. <laughs> uh, leading off the gaming news this week is Microsoft has laid all the rumors to rest of there possibly being an announcement about a new Xbox this year at E3, saying that for us, 2012 is all about the Xbox 360. And if you really think about it, it kind of makes sense considering the Xbox has been the top-selling console for 14 months straight, according to the NPDs. And... Why would they announce a new console this year and totally just take the focus off the things they're doing with Kinect this year, the things they're doing with like games like Halo 4? So it does make sense that they wouldn't do a console announcement this year. So since they're not doing a console announcement this year, I would look for an announcement next year with an actual release next year as well. Because I was actually thinking, along with a lot of other people, that they were going to announce the console this year at E3. They were promoted for a year or over a year, actually, and then release it fall of 2013. So fall of 2013 could still happen, but the announcement is not happening this year. Also, now I got a big chunk of Mass Effect news just because the various things that have been going on with Mass Effect. Oh, fuck, okay. Mass Effect? <laughs> what? What? Mass Effect! But no, a lot of things, JJ. Have you been following any of this Mass Effect news? There's things going on with on-disc DLC, uh... Stuff getting leaked again. Nothing, I mean, Mass Effect info being leaked is nothing new here, folks. <laughs> happened last year, and now it's happened this year with multiplayer stuff. Are, are you? Have you followed any of this, JJ? I've heard some things. Like I said, I just bought the game today and haven't even played it, but I, I have already heard that people don't like the ending. I've oh heard people gosh. bitching about the DLC. I, I've heard all kinds of shit, so please fill me in. Yeah, there's a lot of uproar about uh, quite a few things that are going on with this game. Um but let's get in first with the leak that came out this week. Uh, apparently, a screenshot was posted on the Internet being passed around on all your social media sites, also on Reddit and pretty much hit every news source known to man. But it was a screenshot that was taken from the development servers of, I believe, Xbox, uh, which would be like PartnerNet and stuff like that, the development side. And it's a picture of multiplayer characters that are supposedly going to be in an upcoming DLC. So that's got people amped that, okay, cool, we're going to get some more multiplayer characters for the Mass Effect multiplayer. And so no one knows any information about when that's going to happen or anything, but again, that's just one more thing that's leaked about Mass Effect before it was supposed to be actually announced. But also, apparently, JJ, Bioware was developing a Mass Effect first-person shooter, which was revealed in a behind-the-scenes look at Mass Effect 3, 
when they were doing a behind-the-scenes look of the final hours of Mass Effect 3. Uh, Bioware was apparently working on a first-person shooter in 2010 that was going to be a Mass Effect first-person shooter. And pretty much the game was going to be like a Mass Effect Team Assault. It was going to be Mass Effect Team Assault, actually. It was going to be a downloadable game, and it never came to fruition, and they ended up with the multiplayer that you now have in Mass Effect 3. It was going to be like a take on like a Battlefield 1943-type Unreal Tournament type of game. So it was supposed to happen, and one on the shelf, and the multiplayer we have in Mass Effect is what we got. Congratulations, Charles. You now have Mass Effect twinning on Twitter. Hey, man, that's what I do. Hey, you know what? If we can make one person tweet something on Twitter and get a trend going, then we have to consider ourselves a monopoly like the WWE. I mean, I think that's going to be my goal from now on on every show. I don't care about entertaining you guys. I don't care about bringing you the facts. I just want to be on Twitter. I just want to... (laughs) I want to make sure that I got something trending from now on. That's my goal. If we're trending and you're bored, we're happy. Thank you. It's my new goal on this network is to trend. (laughs) All right, here we go, JJ. Let's get into some of the controversy going on with uh, the story that people seem to hate the ending to, the DLC controversies. Let's get into that a little bit. Let's start off with the Mass Effect 3 ending controversy. Apparently, people are so ticked off. Like, fans of the series of 1, 2, and uh, part of 3, obviously not the ending, are so ticked off that some people have actually started doing a fundraiser that has raised over $29,000 already with all the money being donated to the Child's Play charity in hopes that Bioware takes them seriously about giving them a new ending to this game. It's a game, folks. Come on. I mean, truthfully, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen come out of fans of a game going absolutely nuts other than just going totally nuts and complaining on forums and every social media out there they're actually there's something benefiting out of this they're raising money for sick kids which is awesome so there you go hate anger but it's also helping but is it trending on twitter i don't know i mean who cares if they could raise twenty nine thousand dollars is it trending on twitter the new status quo folks if you're trending on twitter you are it you are the man, or the or the woman, or whatever. If you are trending on Twitter now, I mean, it's the be all end all. <laughs> now, the ones that started this, uh, you know, charity drive for Child's Play to donate all the well, not well, not for Child's Play, but to donate all the money to Child's Play, in hopes that Bioware takes them seriously. Their mission statement for this reads: We would like to dispel the perfection or perceptions that we are angry or entitled. We simply wish to express our hope that there could be a different direction for a series we have all grown to love. So pretty much they want a different direction, meaning they want a different ending. They despise that ending. You know, I, I haven't played the game yet, but I have seen some of the endings on YouTube, and I don't really understand yeah. what all the hate's about. Maybe it's because I haven't played the game. I've played the first two and beat them. Yeah. And maybe I'm just not getting it. I, it didn't seem like it was all that bad an ending to me, but, I mean, you know, again... I guess I'll just have to play through and find out if I like it or not. I just, it just kills me. They're raising money because they want Bioware to give them another. What you want, like a DLC ending? Is that what you guys want? Apparently, like, seriously? they want them to design and develop a new ending and release it. I guess that's what it looks like. But man, that's twenty nine thousand dollars. Wow. That they have raised already. That's crazy. Well, when asked uh, if Bioware listens to feedback. Bioware director 
Casey Hudson said, we pay very close attention to it. It's very important to us, and we will always listen to feedback, interpret it, and try to do the right thing by our fans. I mean, what did people expect them to say? No, we hate it. Quit complaining. You know what I would like to be able to do when I am, um, quotations here, legally Air able quotes. to, when I am when I am officially a resident of Canada and can be taxed by the government and actually work a job for this country, you know what I would like to do? I would like to drive four hours down the road to Edmonton, Alberta. Uh Uh-oh. Because you know what's in Edmonton, Alberta? More Canadians. Other than that? I mean, Alberta, excuse me, Edmonton sucks, but... Edmonton does suck, but they do have something of interest to me. Bronx says snowmen. <laughs> Bioware is actually in Edmonton. Oh, there you go. They have a studio there where they work on the games. Are you going to burn the place down? No, no. I want to see if I can get a voice acting gig. That's what I'd like <laughs> oh, to do. Okay. I would love to be in a Mass Effect game as a voice actor. I didn't so. know you were talking about Bioware. I thought you were going totally somewhere else with us. No, no. I'm talking Bioware. Okay. Just a little history lesson for you people. I can remember when I lived in Texas, I wanted to go to, to Corsicana, Texas. you know why? Because Midway had an office there. Then again, Midway hasn't made a game that's been worth a shit in fucking 20 years. So. Well, Mid- Midway's dead, dude. Well, see, there you go. But see, they <laughs> were very much alive back in 97 when, when I wanted to work for them. So there you go. <laughs> NBA Jam. You want to be the new NBA Jam guy? Boom! Goes the dynamite! <laughs> He scores! Yes, sure, why not? Moving on to more (laughs) Mass Effect news, let's get into the DLC controversy. Well, apparently, people are really ticked off. Well, one thing that ticked a lot of people off was the fact that there was obviously a regular edition and a collector's edition of Mass Effect, which they took stuff out of the collector's edition. Well, they didn't take stuff out. The collector's edition people that bought the game still got it, but they took some of that stuff and put it up online for DLC, which made a lot of people about the collector's edition ticked off, especially when this happened on day one of the game being released. Because there were a lot of people complaining about the stuff that was in that content that's something gameplay-wise that they think everybody should be entitled to experiencing, not just the people about the collector's edition. And I can kind of see that, but it's like, well, these people paid for this. They pre-ordered way, way in advance to make sure they would get this. The other people, you know, a lot of people were like, I pre-owned whatever, dude, you know, and then they expect to be entitled to things. So I can understand when people be have gripes about that. They pay for a collector's edition, and now everybody else is getting part of the content that they uh, made sure that they got access to the game early to get. But the main gripes about this are the fact that some of the DLC is on the disc. And this has been an ongoing thing with a lot of games, that some of the DLC is on the disc, whether it be just like uh, character skins or you know full-fledged DLC of actual characters and uh, gameplay and stuff like that, some people have done that. I mean, Namco got dubbed Scamco just because they've done that before. Um, where pretty much essentially a lot of the DLC is on the disc. You pay the money for DLC through Xbox Live or PlayStation Network, and pretty much you're downloading a key that is just unlocking that content that's already sitting on the disc. That's only like a so many kilobyte file. You're not even downloading like a megabyte file. That's a high megabyte file that's the actual full content. It's already on the disc. So that's one of the main reasons a lot of people are ticked off. But BioWare has come back and said that, you know, the whole DLC content was not developed alongside of the game. We would never take things out of the main game and then sell them to you separately later. 
or just take them out of the game and sell them to you separately from the actual main game. They said another team was the one that designed this DLC. It was not designed by the team that did the main game, hence which that it is full-fledged DLC. And the only thing that was sitting on the disc, they say, the whole content was not sitting on the disc. Just parts of uh, like one of the character files and stuff like that were sitting on the disc. But, I mean, it is kind of a... I have two different point of views on this, and that's the last bit of Mass Effect news I have. So something else that goes along the lines of this that's going on with, uh, like, DLC being on the disc is street, another game that you just picked up, Street Fighter X Tekken, and the fact that they have, like, a lot of the DLC character guys that are going to come out later in the year that you're going to have to pay separately for on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live are already sitting on the disc. And later on, you're going to pay money on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network, and you're going to unlock those guys, but they're already on the disc. And they say they did that for compatibility reasons and the save space on the hard drive. Truthfully, I really don't think they care about how much space they're saving on someone's hard drive. I can understand the compatibility thing. I know Epic Games, when they released uh, Gears of War 3, they had a lot of the character skins and pretty much almost the first DLC pack already sitting on the disc. Now, one thing I could give credit to Epic 4 is their game was supposed to come out in spring of 2011 and Microsoft said no we need a big game in the holiday season so you're bringing your game out spring or I mean fall of 2011 which then gave them a lot of extra development time which means the DLC pack for the first one yes was already done because they expected to release their game like six months ago so I could understand that one where they had extra time to put that first DLC pack on the list but with these other people especially with the comments from Capcom, where they said that people that pick up the PlayStation Vita version this fall of Street Fighter X Tekken, because the Vita version is not out for people that are not following this, they're going to get that DLC, guys, that everybody else on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, those guys are just going to be unlocked from the beginning on their Vita cartridge or little memory stick. So that, again, is like PlayStation Network and Xbox Live people feel smacked in the face because throughout the year, they're going to have to pay for those people and you pick it up on the Vita, you just get them. Yeah, but, I mean, it's an exclusivity thing, okay? Like, with the Vita, yeah. that's one of the selling points, is that when you get the game, you have the characters unlocked there. I mean, I, I think this is blown way out of proportion. I mean, I, now, I agree look. with you, because, like I said, I see it from that point of view that I just explained, but I also see it from the point of view of either way you look at this, no matter when they developed this, they planned on you paying for this separately. So, I mean, I even heard some people actually say it would have been better if they released Mass Effect 3 and I didn't know about the day one DLC. They did it three months later. So then it was actually like it was DLC. So you, I'm like thinking, so you'd rather them just lie to you, release it three months later, and it'd be better that way because it felt like you weren't paying for something that should have been on the disc day one. And it's like, it doesn't matter. There's development time that they set for this team to work on this and this team to work on that. Either way you look at it, that company has to design that content, which then it means they have to pay the people doing it. They can't just, here you go, it's yours. So it really doesn't matter when they release it. They planned on you paying for it because they paid money to develop it. So that's the other side I see it, too. I can see it from the development side, too. They planned from day one you were going to pay for this. So it doesn't matter when they release it. You're paying for this no matter what. So I guess some people just feel better if they release it five months later instead of whenever. Well, see, here's what I look at. I mean, as far as the Mass Effect stuff and even the, the you know, Street Fighter X Tekken, you know, yeah. DLC controversy. Look, don't buy the DLC if you feel butthurt about it. 
if you don't think it's right that you have to pay an extra cost for this and that, and it's yeah. on the disc, then don't buy it. You know? That's the thing I don't get. It's like with the Call of Duty stuff. Their DLC for uh, like Modern Warfare, uh, not last year, but the year before, uh, and for Black Ops and stuff. People thought, wow, your DLC packs are so expensive. And they complain up a storm, but then they go out and buy them. You know, you the know, only way to tell a developer how you feel is with your wallet. That's true. Complaining on the forums ain't really helping. You're just usually you're a small audience compared to the rest of the people that are actually the huge audience that's actually playing this game, not complaining. So the best way to do it is don't buy their content. See, I believe in supporting the developer. Okay, yeah. if a developer makes a good game that I enjoy. Yep. and they're making sequels to that game, and I'm enjoying those games, then I have no problem pledging my support behind them and buying downloadable content that costs me extra, but that money is going to the development team that put the game together, and thus it's keeping them in business. I have no problem with that. So for people that want to bitch about, oh, well, I'm not paying for this because it's already on the disc, well, it wasn't meant to be part of the game. It's an added feature that, yes, you would have to pay for. I just don't get the argument here. I really don't. That's Yeah, exactly. That's the part that I lean more towards is I can't believe that some people would rather them just say, you know what, release it four months after the game came out. So it, to me, it actually feels like it's DLC that I didn't pay extra money for something else. And I'm like, really? That's going to just they need to do that because that's just going to make you feel better. It doesn't matter. They had a separate team develop this or however else other companies are doing it as well. I can kind of understand the thing on the disc, but I kind of can't. Because, or I can't understand the complaints about it because it's just like with Epic. They feel, we designed this extra content, we know we're going to sell it as DLC, so we are making it easier on you and other people that don't purchase a DLC. Because anybody that, I know we got a large audience here, obviously, that likes wrestling and a lot of them like wrestling games. It's, look at what they have to do with like WWE All-Stars, uh, WWE 12. They have to actually release another superstar that's a compatibility superstar. When you download that free superstar, it's letting you play online with anybody else that has the other DLC that you didn't pay for. Well, by that stuff being on the disc, you can play with anybody and no one has to download any compatibility stuff because it's already on the disc. That I can understand. Yes, it's making it easier all around for everybody else, even the people that never go in and download anything from online. They don't have to worry about, well, why can't I play until they finally realize, oh, I can't play people that have DLC until I download this compatibility patch. So I can understand that. And the way I look at it, though, is they planned on you paying separately for this. So no matter when they bring it out, you're paying separately for it. So I just don't get the whole thing of release it later. It'll make me feel better. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't want it, then don't buy it. If you don't exactly. like it, then don't buy it. I mean, nobody's putting a gun to your head and say, hey, you got to fucking buy this. It's your choice. So you tell the developer, man, speak to him with your wallet. I mean, yes, they obviously do read feedback and things like that on the forums. But like I said, a lot of the times it's a very small audience with a big voice. And a lot of times that does get overshadowed by the millions of people, thousands of people that are playing their game and not complaining. So when they see the DLC is not selling, then they'll know that, wow, yeah, OK, this was a bad idea. We got to do something new. Yep. So that's how you tell them. Next, we have Diablo 3 finally coming out. We finally have a release date for Diablo 3. May finally. 15th for the PC and the Mac. Finally. <laughs> easy, easy. Finally, Diablo 3 is coming out to your platform. All right, that's reaching. Sorry. But, I mean, now you all feel better, right? It's all good? 
Well, I'm sure a lot of people feel better because a lot of people are wondering when this game is actually going to come out, if it's going to come out this year. Uh, because you never know. Because, you know, Bethesda is another company. Or not Bethesda. I can't believe I just said that. Wow. You're fired. Smack me in the face. <laughs> but no, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that have that reputation of, I mean, it's Alter is one of them. They're known for it as well. And it's like, you know, when our game's done, our game's done, and that's when it's coming out. A lot of people, and I, I actually respect that. Because I'd rather have our game's done when it's done and it's coming out when we're ready and when it's ready than, hey, it's coming out in four months and then it comes out a year and a half later. Hey, Charles. I finally hey, feel like Daniel Bryan. Oh, no. Do you know why I feel like Daniel Bryan? Because Ashley is telling me right now in the chat that finally is now trending on Twitter. So oh, I feel I like I, I could do the rest really of the show going, yes, 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 yes. But I won't. Well, at least so. it's that. I thought you were going to tell me you hit Harmony. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she hits back, brother. I got a scar on my forehead that proves it. Anyway, that's another Wait story for another. Moving on, back to the news. I, I would actually like to <laughs> I would actually like to hear this story. I bet later. you would. Chat room, remember that story. Just in case I don't. We're gonna have to get to the bottom of this. New segment, <sighs> get to the bottom of JJ and Harmony. Uh no. Yeah, interpret that every way you want, folks. Yeah, that's getting cut. Move on. <laughs> this is not the story you're looking for. Move along. Move All along. Right. Well, there you go. You can now pre-order Diablo 3 on Battle.net. So all you role-playing junkies, I will say, I've never really been into the whole Diablo series. So all you role-playing junkies, though, get out there and get on Battle.net and pre-order your game. You can download it, get it ready, and when it comes out, you'll be ready to go. Also, JJ, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City free DLC is dropping April 10th. We got this announcement, and guess what? The game's not even out yet. I- I'm hearing bad things about this game. See, I'm hearing mixed reactions about this game. I'm hearing the bad, but I'm also hearing the good. But, you know, it's going to be one of the games that I'll probably try before I buy, you know. You know, don't take this as the gospel, but I was listening to the IGN uh, Game Scoop this past week. Okay. And uh, Greg Miller was saying that uh, that game's probably not going to be as good as people think it's going to be. Just say it. Not that Greg Miller is the pillar of, you has know. Has he played it yet? I, I think he has, but he hasn't really said okay. anything. Because I know they're, they're straying from the traditional, you know, Resident Evil type games, this whole squad-based type thing. So, I don't know. We don't have long to wait. March 20th, I mean, this coming Tuesday, I believe, is coming out for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. So, I'll be there. I'll be checking it out. So, hopefully, there is some kind of form of enjoyment I will get out of that game. I'm hoping. I'm looking more forward to the uh, co-op. So, and yes, Sean, I know it's Blizzard. That's why I corrected myself. But I'm looking more forward to the co-op. So, Hopefully someone out there, anybody that is actually picking up this game, I know one person, I know one friend that's picking this game up, which I need more than that for this co-op in this game. So someone's looking to play it, let me know. And uh, Yeah, because if it's good, I'll, I'll pick it up that way. Oh, which, by the way, by the way, Uh-oh. I don't even have you on Xbox Live as a friend anymore, Charles. What the fuck's up with that? We're not friends. We haven't been friends in a while, remember? <laughs> Okay, well then I'll, after the show or whenever I get back on Xbox, I will add you. You know, we, we co-host a show together, and I can't even get a fucking friend from you on Xbox hey, Live? Hey, man, it works two ways. You could send me one. Hey, I'm never playing anymore, man. My wife's watching Netflix, which... which well, it won't matter if you're on my list, so I can see your wife watching Netflix. 
Which, which, by the way, when you're done with the gaming, I have something about Netflix I want to talk about. Because you can't tease me about this shit no more, biatch. Moving on. Oh my gosh, you got wrestling content? Oh, we'll talk about that later. But yes, I would pick up Resident Evil if anyone wants to play it. I'm looking for people to play it. Hopefully it's not an atrocious game and I will actually own it. That's if he uh, adds you to his friends list, that is, by the way. Oh, shit, app. <laughs> but hopefully I'll actually still have the game when April 10th rolls around for this DLC. So... That'll be lovely. And also, I can't wait to play the uh, actual Nemesis thing that's exclusive to Xbox 360. That'll be awesome. But anyways, JJ, are you a fan of the LEGO series of games? Whether it's LEGO Batman, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Harry Potter? You know what? I, I, I played the demo for um, for uh, Indiana Jones, and I, I played some of the LEGO Star Wars games. I mean, they're cute if you're a kid, but you know they're not for me. Just say call me a kid. Do what? You calling me a kid. No, I said they're they're cool if you're a kid. Oh, well, I think they're cool. Like I, you know, I would buy it for my daughter. She, she'd Great, play I'm, it. And I'm a kid, but I'm a girl. <laughs> I see how it is. Apparently, JJ is insinuating that I got lady parts. Oh, comb your beard. Comb my beard. Does it have a braid in it and glitter? Because if it Glit- does, then you might be a chick. I'm just saying. Oh my god. Charles Shane, the bearded lady, folks. Well, anyways. Lego Batman 2, new screenshots, trailer, video, stuff like that was released. And what I think is really cool about what they're doing this one is it's going to have members of the Justice League in it, like Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Superman. They're going to be going after and, you know, joining up with the Cape Crusader Batman in pursuit of people like, you know, the Joker, Lex Luthor, and, of course, uh, other Arkham City prisoners and stuff like that, which I think is going to be pretty cool. You know what the really cool thing about this is? If Bane actually does break the back of Batman, he, like, literally breaks apart. (laughs) Well, of course. Because he's a Lego, damn it. Oh, jeez. Please tell me I'm not the only one that got that joke. No, we got the joke. I laughed. Okay, you scare me. Uh, Moving on. People, I say. Anyways, uh, I'm sure JJ knows this because they advertised it during The Walking Dead last week. Uh, Walking Dead social game is coming out on Facebook on April. Will you be playing this, JJ? I might. What do you mean you might? I might. I probably will. I mean... Well, you if, have to play a little bit because whatever, it's awesome. If there's an opportunity for me and uh, Anthony Farley to play it and I can shoot him in the fucking kneecap and let him get eaten by <laughs> zombies, I'm totally all over that opportunity. I mean, wow. I would love to just shoot Anthony and just leave him for dead. I mean, that would be awesome for me personally. That's so, so, so nice of you. I, I'm an asshole. But truthfully, I'll check it out see how it is because, I mean, I'm not the biggest Facebook guy, to be honest. I mean, I'm lucky if I look at my Facebook once a week, sometimes not even that often. Uh, by the way, but, we're not friends on Facebook either. Shut up. That's your fault. I blame you. Hey, at least I took the initiative and joined your the SNS Facebook group. So. I sent you a fucking friend request, man. Oh, see, that shows you how much I'm on there. Truthfully, the most uh, things I've done on Facebook is look at the SNS Facebook group. Well, at least you're doing the right thing there. Yeah, like looking at my own wall and my own content and stuff like that. Pfft, no, that's that's a rarity. But anyways, I'll give it a shot because, like I said, I'm not the biggest Facebook guy. And also, uh, all those little, in my opinion, gimmicky games they got on there kind of just like, yeah, whatever to me. But uh, I'll check it out and see what it's like. But here's the news of The Walking Dead game that I'm interested in is the fact that today, developer Telltale Games confirmed that five adventure or the five episode adventure game is coming to the Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, PC, Mac and iOS. And yes, that's the adventure game of The Walking Dead, folks. So there you yeah. go, JJ. There is the Walking Dead game that we've been hearing about. We know what systems it's on finally now. And we also know when the first episode, well, kind of, 
know when the first episode is coming out. They're saying the first episode is going to come out in April, and the next four episodes will follow regularly. So, I don't know if you've seen the trailer or not. There's really not much to it. It's more of like uh, they're showing the inside of like this apartment slash house, and there's like message machine recordings playing. It's very like kind of like eerie and stuff, but no gameplay. It's apparently, I believe IGN is going to have gameplay footage Monday. So if you're looking for that, check that out. There's no gameplay footage yet until Monday, but I'm psyched. I hope this is actually going to be fun um, because I wasn't a big fan of Telltale Games' like Jurassic Park game. The Back to the Future ones were okay, um, but I don't know. I got hopes for this. I hope it's fun to play. I hope I enjoy it. And for the people who don't know, this is not going on the comic books. This is not going on the TV show. This is its own original stories that are being written. So I'm actually intrigued by what they're going to be doing with this. And I know for sure I'll be playing it on Xbox Live and possibly, depending if it's the exact same game or whatever, I might pick it up on iOS devices like that and play it on my iPad or something. Very cool. But hey, speaking of The Walking Dead, see what I did there? Is it time to talk some Walking Dead? Do you, do you think? Could it be? Oh, look at this. I got music this week. Aren't I fucking prepared? Well, no wonder. I got Walking Dead music, but my freaking gaming sector music makes a dime. Nice, <laughs> yeah. And now it's time to talk The Walking Dead, right here on the new Unplugged. With JJ Sexay, Charles Shane. <laughs> Bronx says, wait, they're talking about Nighthurt again? <laughs> Wow, that's that's oh, probably that's the hilarious. that's the funniest thing he said all night. Oh man, that's great. So we're down to one more episode, man. One more, and that's it. Sunday. Two days, guys. It's over. Well, technically, for me, one day. But I mean, two days, I guess. If you want to count Saturday and it's Sunday, over. whatever. It's so I'm I'm so emotional right now because we got one oh, more episode, gosh. and that's it. I mean, you know, you you killed off my boy Shane. Oh, I thought you were going to say, okay, you're emotional because one more episode. I thought you were emotional because of Shane dying. I, I'm, I'm, it's kind of a mixed bag, man. I'm pretty upset. Not only did Shane die, but he got a double tap, man. <laughs> I mean, he got the motherfucking double tap. And those of you those of you who have seen Zombieland know what I'm talking about, the double tap. I don't know. I was happy. You know, the, the thing that upsets me the most is that Shane deserved it. You know, here I am back in this guy thinking, you know, I, I, I like his style, I like the way he does shit. But I got to say, in the end, I mean, he deserved what he got. I mean, how could you betray Rick like that? I mean, you take him into the woods with the intent that you want to kill him. I I'm mean, sorry, dude. He's Shane's nuts. I mean, anybody who thinks that guy's sane is, you know, they're, they're nuts themselves. I'm telling you right now, I completely and 100% and blaming Lori for what happened here, okay? Lori, <laughs> Lori fucked Shane up. I mean, not only did she fuck him, she fucked him up, okay? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, she did do that. That was last season. <laughs> like, she totally fucked him up. I mean, you know, uh, she's throwing that well, pussy around. Feel any better. You know? I think she's dying this Sunday. Wow. Well, then her and Shane can be together. There you go. In heaven with their unborn child. Yeah, I bet that's where they're going. <laughs> well, at least not Shane. <laughs> well, you know, they did kind of commit adultery, or at least she did. You well, know, your husband is still kind of, kind of alive, even though you think he's dead. 
you know, you fuck another dude, get pregnant. I mean, you know, it, that shit happens. Not to mention she didn't know the whole story of how he freaking ran out at the time that he was banging her. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was, uh, again, Shane deserved what he got. Kneecaps, watching him get eaten. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, not at all. <laughs> he had to do what he had to do. And he didn't kill Otis. <laughs> the zombies killed Otis. I think Otis would rather have been killed. To be completely honest, I would think he would have rather had a bullet through the head than the leg. Yeah, but I mean, putting a bullet through the head, you know, isn't gonna isn't gonna help Shane get out of there any quicker. I mean, think about it. You know, the zombies be like, "Oh, he's dead. Let's go get him." You know, I mean, he did what he did because he had to do it. He saved Carl's life. That is true. I mean, I, I was like I said, I've said that before too. I mean, either way you look at it, either they were both dying, Shane and Otis, which then in turn meant a third person was gonna die, Carl, because he ain't gonna get his medicine. And there ain't no way Otis was going <laughs> to get out of there if Shane wasn't getting out of there. Anthony, he, he, he's a dead man walking already. Anthony Farley says it's always a woman's fault, J.J. Well, some, of, some of the greatest love songs were written about women because it was their fault. Layla was about an affair that Eric Clapton had with somebody else's wife. It's true. Women make you do some bad shit, folks. What about the song Bronco? Bronco. Oh, that's, never mind. That's some guy's dog. Never, different story. Go on. <laughs> All right, he did. <laughs> Completely lost on that one. And I'm going to duck because it's coming back again. <laughs> wow. Wow. Good God, man. Ever. You're killing me here. Just a story. Ever. No, seriously. Uh, as far as The Walking Dead this past week, I mean, it's coming down to the wire because I almost feel like next week. Andrea's got to die. Next week. Two days, man. Yeah. She's got to die. And I'm going to tell you why she's got to die. Well, I, see, I'm with you on that, too, man. I'm expecting at least at least two human deaths. I'm talking, like, main cast characters, not just some person's going to randomly walk in and be a part of the show for the last episode. And I really think, man, that preview they showed, they said this is all we can show you because of the graphic nature of what's going to happen in this last episode if they're talking that graphic that they can't show us on a freaking preview, we have to watch the whole show to see it or whatever. I really think, dude, that Lori's going to freaking die and they're going to tear her baby out of her. I mean, how insane would that be? That's graphic. How, how insane would it be for her to give birth to a stillborn baby that turns into a zombie and eats her? Well, that's pretty, pretty crazy, too. Well, there you go, man. It could happen. I mean, could you imagine, though, how freaking shocked and all and some people would be horrified, dude? If the zombies ripped her open and held her fetus in the air and ate it. I mean, that would freak me out. That that would not make TV, man. There, there are limits to that's what, what they can put on TV. Dude, but that, I mean, that's the extreme that I actually thought, dude, which kind of weirded me out a little bit. But I might say something about my character, too, but whatever. Now, I, I'm reading the chat. People are saying Herschel's not going to make it past Sunday. I think Herschel I will. I, I think Maggie will. You know, the other daughter, maybe not. I think See, people T- think T-Dog's going to die. No. I mean, a part does, but T-Dog, I think, is going to be that character that's just people want to die and, and think he's going to die, and he's just always going to be there. See, T-Dog right now, I don't, I don't think – they're not doing anything with him, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere for a while. I think T-Dog's okay. Well, you see that most people are dying. They're, they're in a – it's like a really dramatic thing when they die. They don't have you two wrapped up in, in what T-Dog's doing to actually kill him and make you care. 
you know, I, I don't think Glenn is going anywhere for a while. I mean, him and Maggie are, you know, pretty good storyline right now. Got to keep them going. I don't, you know, people are talking about Carol in the chat room. Do you think Carol's going to die? No, I think she's first got to have, like, this fucking disgusting love scene with Daryl. Or he's got to pull off her fucking granny panties. <laughs> they're teasing that so much, and I just like the when they're all in a group, and he's just like, like the camera catches him glancing at her, and I'm just thinking all the time, do not do this, do not do this. I mean, there are other women in the group. I mean, there's Herschel's other daughter, there's Andrea. I mean, I would much rather you fuck Andrea than Carol. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Carol. Shifty says, Lori won't die, Charles. It makes no sense. But that's the best thing when someone does die is when it doesn't make sense because you weren't expecting it, and that's what they want. Well, let's see. I'm thinking people with ties to Frank Darabont probably leaving the show this year since he was ousted after episode number one in season two. We've had Dale leave. We've had Shane, who's left now. And from what I understand, Shane is going to be the lead in L.A. Noir, which is not based on the game. It's based on the book. And Darabont's helming that, so I'll have to check that. And the guy that plays Dale is going to be a part of that as well. So I would look for Andrea to be the next acceptable candidate to, to get zombified or killed. I think T-Dog is safe for a little bit. I'm I mean, wondering uh, if they're going to bring Meryl in there, possibly somehow in this last episode, or if, in fact, his stuff of being in the credits and stuff was just the flashback stuff, and oh, that's I, all we're going to see. I think we're going to see Meryl in Season 3 for sure. I would I hope. hope. I mean, I'd like to see what, you know, finally officially know what, that he is really still alive and stuff like that or what the crap really happened to him or something like that. But also, uh, I can't wait to see this uh, Sunday what – or I can't wait to not see, but I can't wait to find out what the Dr. Jenner whispered to Rick in the underground bunker before they took off. I think I know what it is. I think I figured this out. I kind of have a little speculation on it, but go ahead. I think what he said to Rick in his ear, Y'all gonna die, motherfucker! <laughs> bitches, you gonna die! That's what he said. Pretty sure of it. I mean, there's a couple things that I was thinking. Either it's somewhere that he told them that he knows where people were, that they can go and seek shelter possibly, but then if you really think about that, that kind of would make sense. Why the freaking crap would he leave them at the farm so long? Um, possibly he knows about why the zombies are turning and they have, people haven't been, or people are turning and they haven't been bitten. Um, which if you ask me, I think that's just some kind of airborne thing where pretty much they're all screwed already and they're all infected already is what I think. And it's pretty much just like whenever they finally die, they're all going to turn. They're already all infected. It's airborne. It's already in their system. It's just pretty much waiting for them to die and then it's going to turn into a zombie. I don't know what's funnier, the fact that I did that or the fact that I woke up Zeus's dog and his dog's probably going, Jeez, you oh. pretty loud on the show as it is. That, that's, that, that's what it took finally? <laughs> I mean, I love my job. Unless his dog's racist. I did not. No, no, I'm not going to do the Bill Clinton voice. No, <laughs> moving on, moving on. No voices tonight. Uh, no, Bill. So, Shifty says that they killed Daryl, I'm done. You know, I would be ticked off if Daryl died as well. Daryl, truthfully, is one of the main reasons I really started watching this show. Like, when I was uh, catching, when I watched all of season one, and I waited all the way until this, they started the second half of season two to catch up on the first half of season two, um, I actually asked some of my buddies that are already all caught up, I said, in the first half of season two, does Daryl die? 
And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, I just want to make sure because I know in season one, a lot of the episodes they were saying, like, he was like, and guest starring Daryl, or I mean, guest starring Norman Reedus. And he's one of the main characters. I'm a fan of Norman Reedus' work and a lot of other things that he's done. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to see him uh, off the show already. I'd be highly, highly annoyed. Almost as annoyed as if he has any kind of love scene or something. Oh, God, I, I'm so afraid that's going to happen, though, dude. Oh, man. I mean, I would be, truthfully, at this point, I would be surprised, like I said, if it didn't. Just because of the stuff of them bickering back and forth, all the little fights and everything else. And when, they're, when the group is like to, comes together, it's always some camera shot with her in front of him with the rest of the group. And he's kind of just glancing over at her and stuff. And I'm just saying, don't freaking do this, man. Come on. I'm really surprised. She's another character, though. Truthfully, I'm surprised it's still around if you really think about it. I mean, because she ain't doing much on the show either. And truthfully, I'm finding her. I mean, I understand her daughter died and everything else, but I'm finding her highly annoying. Yeah, I haven't been a fan of her since her introduction, to be honest with you. I mean, I thought she was pathetic with the, the abusive husband. And, you know, I, the whole my little girl's missing storyline was, you know, it drug on a little bit too long. And, you know. Granted, I, I, I'd be frantic, too, if my daughter was missing in the woods and there was zombies around, right? But I just don't like the character development for her. I just don't like her character. And, you know, I I really don't want to think of some 50-year-old fucking chick, you know, trying to uh. fuck Daryl. I mean, it's just nasty. <laughs> you know, and she's probably not 50, but she looks fucking 50. So, I mean, it's pretty much yeah. the same thing, you know? I'm also looking forward to when they finally take out freaking Andrea. She's yeah. just she's just really freaking retarded. She thinks she's this freaking tough freaking chick and she's not she's just she's really retarded well let's let's talk about the scene that really upset me oh boy you gonna play taps no no i'm not gonna play taps i got something much better but um the thing that upset me about last week's episode was was the fact that shane my favorite character on the show is now he's departed he's no longer with us he died then he got zombified and he died again thanks to carl but uh what led to all this was they were trying to figure out what to do with Randall. And uh, Shane goes out to the barn and is just beating the shit out of Randall and realizes that Randall is trying to escape. So he takes him out in the woods and convinces Randall that he wants to go join up with the group. And I thought this was smart on Shane's part because for a moment there, I thought that his plan was that he wanted to get as much information about this other camp from him as possible and i thought okay this is a pretty smart move and so i was kind of excited at the idea of shane doing this but we then find out that he just comes up behind and breaks his neck and kills him he then rams his head into a tree trunk to give the effect yeah to give the effect that his nose has been broken of course and that he had a struggle with randall so he goes back to the farm and tells him that, that he escaped. He jumped him from behind. And, of course, they basically break up into a couple different search parties. Rick and Shane go together. And um, Rick starts asking questions, and they don't start adding up with the answers that Shane is giving. We also see Daryl, who's kind of a tracker, notice some things of his own, kind of realizing that Shane's not exactly telling the truth. And then right in front of the farm there, Shane makes his move. And he and Rick have a nice little discussion about why this is going on. If you really think about it, I mean, people think of Shane as like the, 
in these kind of situations like a, a like a smarter guy. But every single way he went about this, you could tell he was just it just reassures the fact that he's nuts because he did nothing to cover up what he was doing. Well, but again, it all points back to the scene in this episode where Lori walks up to him and basically tries to apologize for everything that's happened. Yeah. To which Shane kind of takes it as, well, you know, if Rick wouldn't be back, we'd be together, you know. If Rick wasn't in the picture, we'd be together. You know, you're carrying my baby, but if Rick's out of the, out of the picture, we'll be together. And I think that's what fucked Shane up. You know, Shane had this reputation for being a player in the first season. You know, we get a little backstory in the first episode that, you know, Shane's kind of the ladies' man. He's built a lot of ladies. He's never really had a serious relationship. Yeah. And then as time goes on in that first season, we find out that he and Lori have kind of hooked up. And he's trying to do the right thing by Lori and helping to raise Carl because, well, Rick is believed dead. So he has noble intentions in the beginning. And then when Rick comes back, his world just falls apart because he did the one thing he wasn't expecting to do, and that was fall in love with somebody. And when that happens, sometimes it will fuck you up in the head. And so I think that's what Shane's biggest problem was, was that he fell for the wrong woman, realized he couldn't have her, thought that he could if he got rid of Rick. And that's when the, uh, you know, the problems really started for Shane. And yeah. he, he was crazy in this episode. I mean, as a Shane fan, I have to recognize that you know, I was a little disappointed in the character. I mean, he he kind of lost it there at the end. Now, Latino in the chat saying, we never know if Randall was killed or knocked out in the woods. Uh, no, they went behind the tree and he snapped his freaking neck. Oh, yeah, he killed him. I mean, that wasn't a, a thud of being knocked out. You heard that dude's freaking neck break. He broke that dude's freaking neck. That dude's dead. And plus, not to mention, the zombie that Daryl and Glenn killed was Randall. He yep. was another zombie that changed without being bitten. So he's dead anyways. He's another guy. Again, boom, killed twice. Except he had his neck snapped this time and had a freaking nice machete stuck in his forehead. So we get to the moment where Shane draws the gun on Rick, and Rick's like, you know, why don't you call this what it is? It's murder. You know, you want to you wanna be with my wife and raise my kids? And Shane goes into the soliloquy about how he's not a good father. Notice that he said kids, too, like Carl was already his kid. Exactly. He wasn't just talking about the kid that possibly that Lori was going to have at his. He said kids, so he's already saying that Carl's not even your kid no more, not going to be your kid no more. Exactly. Because he doesn't think Rick's doing the, a good job of raising Carl. He's too weak. So Rick says, we can walk away from this. We can, we can rebuild. Don't do this. And then Rick does the only thing he can do in this situation, knowing that his friend wants to kill him. And he stabs him right in the fucking heart. And Shane dies yeah. right there as Rick is is beside himself because for those I know a lot of people would say that it, towards the end there of them going back and forth that Rick or uh, Shane finally came to the assumption that he wanted Rick to kill him because he actually put his gun down. Now I don't think he wanted Rick to kill him. I think that maybe Rick had reached him and and made a little bit of sense and yeah. made him realize that you're doing things the wrong way. And then you got the people. I think when me and Trey talked about this a little bit on Wrestling News Live when I called in. Um, that, you know, why that's kind of messed up. Why would he actually stab him and make him suffer instead of shooting him or whatever? And it's like, well, that's what he tried to avoid of what Carl ended up doing. He didn't want to freaking make a lot of noise and be attacked by zombies and draw them to the farm. So, 
So sucks for the way Shane died, but it does. He's thinking about the rest of the group. You know, he he did bring it on himself. I mean, he he really did. You know, Rick did what he felt he had to do, get Shane out of the way because you know he could do this again. You know, who knows? He might try to kill him in his sleep. You know, I mean, you never know. And so he did the only thing he knew that he could do, and that was put Shane down. I mean, that's what you do with a dog that has rabies: you put him down. You don't let him suffer anymore. And whether you realize it or not, Shane was suffering. He was that dog with rabies. He was old Yeller. And Rick did, Rick did what he had to do. And it was obvious that it really took a toll on Rick. He was very upset at the end. You know, Carl walks, walks up and, and sees what's happened and pulls a gun on, well, Rick thinks he pulls the gun on him. And he's, he's like, it's not what it looks like, you know, don't do this. Carl fires a single shot because Shane has gotten up. He's zombified now. And he saves his father's life. As the show ends, we see just hundreds of fucking walkers coming out of the woods. Yeah, there might have been thousands. That was insane. And that's how we end the show, going into the last episode of season two, The Walking Dead. Very, very cliffhangerish. I can't wait for Sunday. Now, it's going to be awesome. Oh, man. Well, that said... Indulge me for the next two minutes because we're going to pay tribute to Shane right here on Unplugged. <laughs> he was my hero, folks. He really was. And I'm a little upset that Shane is gone. Walking Dead will not be the same without him. So this is for Shane. Who else is going to fuck Lori now? Oh, you just took away Rick's manhood. In my serving corner in my shadow. He was always in Rick's shadow, that's the problem. <laughs> to never have sunlight on your face. Ever since Rick came back to the group, he was always there. You were content to let me shine. Rick had to be the fucking hero. You always want to step behind. So I was the one with all the glory. While you were the one with all the strength. You're up, guys. You're up. I too would like to shoot people in the kneecap when they're being chased by zombies. Bronx, you better watch out what show you host. You're the wind beneath my wings, Shane. You're going to be missed. Now I got to like get behind T Dog or something. 
<laughs> yeah, right. I'm emotional after that. I'm sorry, guys. That was, uh, oh, wow. Freaking Bronx flipping out in the chat room. He says, butchering. This isn't the original version. It's not the point, bitch. Yeah, it's not the point. I think he's still upset because he couldn't read the comic books because they didn't release a Braille option. I'm okay now. I, uh, I've come to terms with the death of Shane. I, uh, I, uh, once again, to reiterate, <laughs> I mean, other than Rick, who else is going to fuck Lori this week? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you know, she's kind of a hoe. I mean, Glenn might have uh, a chance. Uh, T-Dog might actually get, get some shit going now. I mean, Am I knows? the only person that is not attracted to her at all? I don't, you know what, me and Harmony were talking about that. I think she's kind of skanky, personally. Same here. Uh, I, I think the, I think the hottest good. chick on there right now is Maggie. Oh, dude, for sure. Do you see her on the Talking Dead, what she looks like? When she's not all freaking, I mean, she looks good dirtied up. Buddy, something. buddy, like that fucking accent, fucking oh. English accent, she's fucking hot. Yeah, I know. You know, I'm a big Kate Beckinsale fan, mainly because she's hot and she's got a British accent, so... Yeah, that was freaking. That, that was a great episode of the Talking Dead. For the people who don't even know what that is, you should watch it. The Talking Dead. It's on uh, after the encore presentation of The Walking Dead Sunday nights, and they have uh, people on from the show. And sometimes they have just like when she was on there. They had uh, oh my gosh, his name just uh, I just lost it. He's from the Chuck show, Chuck. Oh yeah, I know, I know you're talking about. I can't think of the name, but I'm not thinking of the guy's name now. Are you kidding me? But anyway, she was on there and stuff. So that show's pretty cool and all. I mean, with her on there. Next thing I know. And for the people who don't know, that show, the second half of it, is on the internet as well. And by that time, I found myself sitting in front of the computer with my pants off. And it's not for the usual reasons. I love that uh, people think this song was gay all day long. Well, that was kind of the point of a cheesy tribute, don't you think? There's a reason I do shit, people. It's to entertain you. Just saying. Putting it out there. Nitpickers. Nitpickers. Everybody wants to be a critic. Everybody wants to do their own show. Bronx says he loves Kate. Beckinsale. Well, that's, pre- that's pretty strong for a TV character there, Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> you love her? <laughs> uh, well, that's, uh, I think that's going to do it for our uh, our Talking Dead segment here. <laughs> he's pro- he probably thinks he's looking at Kate, but it's really Merle. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kate, that fucking beard you got going on is fucking epic. <laughs> I tell you what, Kate. Oh, Kate, why did you cut your hand off? Why, Kate? Why? <laughs> why do you sound so manly, Kate? I don't understand. Um, Bronx, that's Merle. Oh, that makes <laughs> more sense. Oh, Merle, okay. Put your pants back on and get out of the ditch. <laughs> you just, you like love that line now. That's that's like your, your token line. <laughs> I love that line. Put your pants why. back on and get out of the ditch, boy. <laughs> The fuck you do with him, sheep? Because you always got to use it with a freaking redneck, man. <clears throat> and uh, they're Merle. Merle, put your pants back on, gal, ditch. I'm just not even gonna talk about that. Don't you to get that. in there and eat your supper? After that, you can go around and drive your dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we're done talking to Walking Dead. Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. Take oh, a few pick calls. Pick up truck with a handmate. <laughs> Number to call five zero one five eight eight seven nine five seven. Tell us why the fuck you listen to this show, because I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Shut up, woman, before I beat you with the hose. I'm sick of hauling your ass around in my pickup truck. I'm so lost. It's a train wreck. Is that every show, though? I always hear that. Why do they call it a train wreck? Because it's a train wreck. I don't know. Crap happens. We just don't try to stop it, though. Oh, by the way, we have a new email address. Oh, really? I did promote it today. It's... uh. New unplugged 
at yahoo.ca. Already. So there you go. If you want to call in, and you can do that. If you want to send us an email to newunplugged at yahoo.ca, you're more than welcome to do that. We're going to take a few phone calls, wrap it up, and get the hell out of Dodge. Let's go ahead and go to said phone line, sponsored by FreightPals.com. Sponsored by who? FreightPals.com. Who's that? That's my new sponsor for the Skyplane. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, welcome to the new Unplugged. Who's this? Hey, yo, guys. It's L Train. Ah, speaking of train wreck, what's up, dude? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, every time, every time I'm going to you. Why is it always got to be a train wreck? <laughs> wait a minute. Who's the top of the morning to you? Oh, that, that was a person that was on our phone call that was going to wait their turn, but apparently it's uh, St. Patty's Day, so we got a drunk Irish motherfucker calling in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if one of you guys that said that. Nope. That was a, that was a caller, believe it or not. <laughs> To you. Whoever I'm that was, drunk. your turn. Call back in. Wow. <laughs> it just the hits just keep on coming, folks. Wow, but I oh, think it man. is a train wreck now. Damn. Up in the morning to you, just out of nowhere. Well, you know, it is it is midnight somewhere. It is St. Patty's Day. Oh man, it's Dude, that a horse wobble just man. called. It might have been Hornswoggle, but no, I think he's actually filming the new Leprechaun movie for WB Films. Well, after Drew McIntyre got his hand, he might have a broken neck. He's he the new Randall. Oh, God. So what's on your mind tonight, Train? Oh, uh, man, well, uh, to clarify a little bit about what you guys are talking about with this whole uh, Kane-Orton thing, that little footage or whatever it was that they showed earlier, uh, I actually recognized that from, I guess, it was the match that they had uh, Orton and Kane in. Um, before they had the whole angle where Mark Henry took him out, like, you know, where they had the whole thing, like, he broke his ankle and stuff. And the reason they're showing that is, quite frankly, because, as I think we're all aware, it's WWE's emergency panic backup plan for getting Orton and Kane into a match since the WWE completely fucked up by getting Wade Barrett hurt. True that, I guess. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I just... Maybe it's me. I just, I just feel like this feud is, is built on bullshit. I mean... I would have expected something stronger, you know, like, you know, Randy Orton took a shit in Kane's back in the back, or or he trashed his hotel room, or, um, you know, he got the, the, uh, anything, but I helped you last summer, and because you helped me, I'm going to kick your ass now. I mean, like, seriously, that would be like me flying to Oklahoma. And, uh, like, fucking pedigree and Trey on a fucking chair because he co-hosts a radio show with me and he fucking helps me out every fucking Monday night. Well, it was, it was, never, about that. It was never about that Orton helped him. I, I still don't understand why the hell they had Kane shake, shake Orton's hand after that. I think it was like they were trying to make Kane look more human so that when he came back they could do the whole mask thing, but then they just completely fucked that up doing the whole thing with Cena. And, I mean, there, there is no part of this that makes sense. I mean, they didn't really have anything else for Orton since Barrett got taken out, and in turn, Barrett getting taken out screwed up the whole money in the bank thing. So, this is just, I mean, after Barrett got hurt, they really didn't have anything for Orton, and I can't think of anything they would have had for Kane after the whole Cena thing ended at uh, Elimination Chamber. <coughs> well, the, <coughs> excuse me, I look at it like this. Um, you bury Kane upon his arrival, you know he's not going to beat Orton at fucking WrestleMania because Orton is SmackDown's John Cena, you know? 
So, I mean, what are you doing with Kane, really? I mean, can Kane sustain another good loss and be like, oh, okay, well, I'm still a demented maniac. I'm going to run around and, you know, just keep tormenting people. I mean, what's next? You know, the production guy for setting the pyro off wrong? I mean, seriously, where do you go from here? Do another what do you mean you play Kane? my entrance music? <laughs> they do another injury angle with Kane so he can go fill you. Oh God! Please don't. <laughs> the Keep first on one TV, was folks. the first one was brutal enough. Let's not bring a sequel into it. <laughs> That's the yeah, only WWE mean. film I've actually seen. Uh, you know, I might actually be happy if he just came back as Jacob Goodnight instead of Kane. <laughs> Isaac Yankum DDS. Why not? You know, he, he could do a Mick Foley thing. We could be like the four faces of Kane. You know. Hey man, Triple H put out Diesel. He can come back as the fake Diesel again. Well, there you go. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, well, enough about that Kane stuff, because there was stuff I had I wanted to talk about, but I know, you know, it might be a short on time. Um, as far as the whole, I brought up money in the bank, um, and I've been, I've been hearing talk that uh, they're still going to have a pay-per-view, but they're also going to be saving the money in the bank match they were going to have at Mania and have it at SummerSlam. But, I mean, if, if that's true, then isn't that, isn't they put, aren't they putting the pay-per-view and the sole match itself, like, in between two months of each other? It's kind of stupid. I mean, really, I I don't I don't understand why you would have. If you're going to bring back Money in the Bank and make it exclusive to a pay per view, like I'm hearing the rumors that SummerSlam now is going to get it, and it might be a, a staple at SummerSlam from now on, which is fine. <clears throat> I have no problem with that, but I mean, let's not have it at SummerSlam and then a couple months later have a Money in the Bank pay per view where you have two matches. I mean. It's supposed to be a special thing. I don't want more than one person running around carrying a briefcase, you know? It's like, oh, I've got the money in the bank for SmackDown. Oh, I've got the money in the bank for Raw. Well, who gives a fuck? You don't need two different champions run, or two different guys running around with a briefcase. Nope. You know, you make it unanimous for one brand. I mean, I mean, when I say unanimous, I mean, it doesn't matter which brand you're on. You can be on SmackDown, win money in the bank, and cash in on a Raw superstar if you want. I mean, to me, it's just stupid to, to to segregate it out like that. I mean, the rosters are not segregated anymore. They haven't been for years. Guys on Raw show up on SmackDown. Guys from SmackDown show up on Raw. So what's we the point? Don't know in who that? the anonymous general manager is? Yeah, I mean, really, what's the <laughs> point in having two separate brands? Just in the brand split already. I, I still think to this day that it's just like people just finally quit mentioning it that we never found out who the general manager was behind the computer. No, but apparently he did present a wrestling radio award this past year. So, I mean, at least at least somebody found him. I mean, that was the important thing. We did hear automated voice work before. I still think it was Glados from Portal. Well, maybe it was. Who knows? We'll never know. Yeah, yeah never know. Uh, pretty much. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask, um, it was something I wanted to email to you guys before, but uh, I guess I just found out there's a new uh, email thing in regards to uh, Brian and Sheamus at WrestleMania. This goes into something that uh, my buddy uh, Anwar tweeted uh, last week. Um, do you think that they're going to give them the justice of, like, you know, like a, a lengthy match, or do you think they'll just keep it at, like, ten minutes or so? And this is for who? Uh, for Daniel Bryan and Sheamus at uh, Mania. If they get more than 15 minutes, I'll be impressed. I, I, I'm telling you now, and I, I'm the Nostradamus of wrestling now, but telling you, oh, I, 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 I have a feeling. You know, as I look into my crystal ball, I have a feeling that Seamus and Daniel Bryan. I got a feeling. 
will start WrestleMania. Oh, tonight's going to be a good night. Oh. If Alberto Del Rio and Edge started the show last year, I can pretty much tell you the World Heavyweight Championship is going to start the show this year. Well, Daniel Bryan and is going to start it because how they're going to hang it. I think they're just going to hang it from the canopy. Well, they're going to have to build a canopy. They're going to have to big, get a big crane in there, and and you know, yeah. You know, what happens? I mean, that's the, the thing. Crane People need to remember that every time they're at a stadium that don't have a roof, they always build a roof over the ring, anyways. So if they build that and construct that right, trust me, they can hang that freaking cell from it. Well, if you start off with hell in the cell, you're really going to have a hard time to. I mean, nobody's going to be able to follow that. Well, the thing is, is it's not the fact that. You, <laughs> You're not just starting off with any cell match. You're starting off with the cell Undertaker Triple H streak match. That, that's that's rough. I've got an idea. Why don't why don't we just do WrestleMania reverse this year? Okay. Why don't we start off with the main event as the first match on the card? You know. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the last yes, match. Everybody can be, go home before yes. the pay is over because the diva match is last. The diva match. Oh, God. The diva match. You know the the fucking tag team. Hey man, some team people might actually enjoy that. You, with you with know. what is it? Maria Muna, uh, Munoz from Extra is going to be tagging with oh, Kelly gosh. Kelly. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? We got Beth Phoenix and Eve. Uh, apparently Natalia's a face now. So she can't hang out with Beth Phoenix. I'm telling you right apparently, now, if that match gets more than the freaking schnooky six man tag, I'd be amazed. Apparently, from what I understand, Beth Phoenix, the real reason she's not teaming with Natalia is because she thinks she stinks. I don't know. Go figure. The whole reason she turned face because she stinks, apparently. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think that we should start Never things off with, with Rock and Cena, and I think the second match should be the Hell in a Cell. You know, and just well, let's just do WrestleMania reverse this year, you know? Uh, the Curtain Jerker is really going to be the last match of the night. I mean, just think about the buy rate there. I mean, think about what they could do just to really revolutionize the wrestling business. I mean, it's WrestleMania 28 reversed. Kelly Kelly in the main event of WrestleMania. Those Mayans might not have been too far off. I'm telling you. <laughs> Why not? I, I mean, hey, as, as, as Bronx father, or excuse me, DJ says, it is April 1st. I mean, why not? And you if that ever happens, oh. you know the backstage rumors about Kelly Kelly are true. It's the April <laughs> Fool's Day joke of the year. Well, see, technically it is kind of the main event starting the show. I mean, they had it with Del Rio last year, and if the Rumble winner is supposed to main event... If they do, man, I'm telling you, if they do that again this year, you got freaking D. Bry and old Celtic Casper himself, Sheamus, opening up the show, and they only get ten minutes. The crowd either needs to riot, or they just need to take the vegan and Irish approach and just chuck bottles of Guinness and tofu in the ring in protest because that's just some bullshit. Fella, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I mean, they were off the card last year. I, I look for them to get ten minutes, and that sucks because I really like Sheamus and I really like Daniel Bryan. But, I mean, I just don't see that being a long match. I think they'll, they'll deliver what they can to start the show off. But um, I just I don't see that match going more than 15. If it does, I'll be pleasantly surprised. You know, and, and, and for everyone that bitches that, oh, well, why is there only seven matches on the card? And, you know, I, know I heard the Pro Wrestling Rewind this week with, uh, with the Bronx father and, and Andy. And Andy needs to get out of the fucking 1970s, early 80s, okay? Shit isn't like it used to be. You know, back when Vince McMahon was doing WrestleMania and you had fucking 15 matches on the card, it's because literally you had about 20,000 tag teams on the fucking roster and they needed to find something for everybody on the show. Nobody wrestled a match more than 10 minutes except the main event. Times are different, and we don't hinge on that many superstars at once. And truthfully, would you rather see 15 matches or would you rather have like eight really good ones? 
Truthfully, I'd rather have eight really good ones. Well, exactly. I mean, I care less if we walk in, there's 10, 15 freaking matches. I mean, but when you come out of it and you have not even a quarter of it was good, who cares? Apparently, Jericho is setting the record straight, straight from Twitter. <laughs> Apparently, there's rumors that he was going to uh, open the show with CM Punk for the uh, WWE Championship. Chris Jericho says, that's BS. It's going to be the dark match. <laughs> so there you go, folks. You heard it here first. Is that real? Supposedly. I don't know. Well, I Does it matter? It could just be another joke that wasn't funny. We'll move on. <laughs> Anything else, I'll train? No, nah, that's pretty much it, man. I'm going to bail and uh, see if whoever the hell that Irish person was calls back in because oh, I guess I with it do. leading up to St. Patrick's Day, we got to set it off right. Fella, <laughs> I'm hoping so. <laughs> Top of the morning to you, fella. Would Where's you like to kiss guy that was breaking no his girlfriend? How about kissing me Blarney Stone? <laughs> <laughs> All right, wow. man. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Happy St. Patrick's Day, I'll train. St. Patrick's, happy St. Patrick's Day to you guys. Go chug a pint of Guinness. I'll yeah. talk to you guys another time. Try not to try, try not to try not to like uh, you know uh, throw any midgets. <laughs> any any hey, leprechauns. Man, if I can ever get that going into training, I'll try and incorporate it. Hey, that'd be kind of cool. The midget toss. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, let's yeah, go. Where's that Chris guy that was in the chat that was had some random chick with him that was breaking her in unplugged? I want to know the story behind this. Uh, well, yeah, because she said you apparently had a sexy voice. Oh, really? I thought she wanted you. He wanted something about she wants. He says, I thought it was the quote in the chat was he said that she wants you to talk sexy. To, I got to go find this. It was something Whatever. addressed to you. Whatever. Well, I am JJ sexy, so it's not really hard for me to do. But anyway, moving on, let's go to the phone lines. <laughs> Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Hey, JJ and Charles. It's Anthony. Farley. Uh, my Thanks favorite, my, in, Rory. My, my favorite fodder of, of the chat room. What's going on, dude? Uh, it's Anthony. Really? Yes, I know. That's what I just said. Oh, I thought you were saying something else. Sorry. Um, Come on. Get your questions. Uh, I like what you get. No, I, I, what, 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 what um, I said was that you're my favorite fodder from the chat room. Oh, sense. okay. Yeah. And, and when the Walking Dead game comes out, we have to play that together. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably making me for dead. Yeah, there you go. I hope it's co-op. I really do. You and me can be on a team. It'd be fun. Be good times. Um, Speaking of Walking Dead, um, since it's most likely we're going to have the prison finally next season, you think they're going to go straight into it, the premiere of season three, or they're going to have some episodes in between it? Oh, great. The prison scene. That means that Lori's going to have at least a couple inmates she's going to fuck and and get pregnant again. (laughs) Poor Rick, man. He can't ever have a fucking good life with this chick because she fucks everybody every other episode. I, I think it's hilarious how, man, we got a freaking zombie apocalypse going on here, dude, and all the chicks just turned into whores. Well, Lori, mainly. I mean, well, you know. Well, Andre ain't no freaking saying either. He's driving down the road here. Hold on a second. Let me grab your crotch. Here, give me some of that. Well, Shane was giving her motivational speaking. That's, that's all that was. Um, she freaking motivated him. <laughs> Uh, since they're mostly now going away from the comic, how it's done, do you think they might kill off, um, let's say, Carl? Nah, Jim, I really don't think they're going to kill Carl. It's not yeah, Jim, it's I Steve. Like a... Oh, wrong color. Huh. <laughs> that leg's going to have to come off, Steve. Dear Lord. Um, but you guys were asking 
um, what do you guys, what we think about you guys going derailing on the show? That's one of the good reasons why we like the show. Wait a minute, people like our show. Warm. I was starting to wonder. I mean, you know, I the downloads tell me you people like it, but I'm still trying to figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but at least you're listening there, Belly. Yeah, and hey, Bronx. It's funny hearing Charles just beating the shit out of you in the chat, man. It's hilarious. What? What did I do? Yeah. No, every time um, Bronx makes a comment, you just um, make a (laughs) remark to Bronx on the chat. Listen here, Skeeter. Don't be starting any complications here between me and Bronx. (laughs) All right. I mean, what's next? A face-to-face uh, confrontation? We'll just, he'll just have to take. He'll just have to take Charles' word for it that he's standing in front of him. <laughs> Dear Lord! <laughs> I'll walk in real quick, run to the closet, and get his doll out, stand it up, and leave. I love Broxy, I really do. But he gets so mad when John Cena says, "Listen, listen, I'm, I'm serious. I love Broxy. He's he's my bud, right?" But he gets so mad when John Cena goes, you can't see me, because he really feels offended by that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, I think I just blew up my own ring. Oh, I'm tearing up. That was good. (laughs) There you go. I didn't think you just... JJ was going to tear up over anything else other than Shane tonight, but I was wrong. Oh. Oh. Who's trouble shuffling uh, now, bitch? <laughs> yeah. Dude. Has he seen that movie yet? That's the question. Probably not. I- I'm sure Wait Monday. You just use C and Bronx in the same sentence. The answer is obviously no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, Bronxy, don't read the Braille script of the movie. You got to watch it. I'm still, you know what? He actually told us in WNL that he just doesn't think he's going to like the movie. I just, I want him to see the movie. If he doesn't like Goonies? it, that's cool. I, I don't see how you can't like Goonies. He still hasn't watched it? No, he said he's either going to do it tonight or tomorrow. Oh, bro, what are you, it's been like two weeks. I'm taking bets right now that by showtime on Sunday for Sunday Night Showdown, he will not have watched the movie. Oh, you got two days, dude. He has a copy. He has it, but I'm telling you, I'm taking bets right now, 20 to 1, that by Monday he uh, will have not have seen the movie. And I'm going to know if he's uh, seen it. And I'm going to know it because we're going to quiz his ass on Monday. We're going to ask him about some, oh. some, some very uh, important scenes in the movie, so he better fucking watch it. Cause if, I don't know if this guy was opening Wikipedia or something. If he can't answer the questions, oh, he's not going to know what the questions are until we ask him. Well, we'll see how it goes uh, down. He says, that's while I'm waiting. I want my memory good. Couldn't grief. You better crank the sound up loud on that one. All right, Anthony. So, uh, so what's just, up, dude? Uh, that's pretty much it. I wonder if you guys are going to be able to do some kind of like recap of The Walking Dead that like you guys were make, commenting on on Monday. Well, right now we're kind of throwing around the idea of doing a, like a roundtable of The Walking Dead when Season 3 starts. Yeah, Harmony came up with a really good suggestion there, and I, I like that. So maybe when season three starts, we'll do like a... What was the suggestion? Yeah, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do something like on a Tuesday night or something when a show's not on. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll we'll throw a roundtable, and Harmony will be involved, and you know we'll get other hosts that watch the show involved and, and just kind of have a live show and just kind of have fun with it. But 
We'll see. I, I, I like yeah, the idea. Cool. I think it's, you know, the Talking Dead show's all right, but, you know, I think we can do a better job. The only problem <laughs> is we don't have access to the people that are actually in the Walking Dead show. Yeah. Bronx yeah, says uh, that the... Bronx says the villain with the long pointy ears look bugged out. <laughs> he has me talking about sloth. He ain't a villain, dude. Yeah. Sloth is sloth is, is like my fucking hero. He's a now, misunderstood individual. Now that Shane's gone, all I got left is sloth. <laughs> hey you guys <laughs> uh, I'm in my car right now so you guys can sloth love junk. <laughs> Uh, that's it for me, guys. All right, we'll let you go so you can go play with your one-eyed willy. All right, thanks for calling in, Peter. What? <laughs> Damn it. Okay, bye. All right, see you later, Chester Copplepot. Cool. Another Goonies <laughs> reference that nobody else gets. I love it. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, in the future, I seriously think he's going to run in the Bronx sometime, dude. No Chester joke. Chester Copplepot, Chester Copplepot. <laughs> one of them is going to pull the slick one-eye on the other one. Data was like the coolest motherfucker in that show. Oh, little Asian kid with Star with, Trek. No, I'm not talking about that Data. I'm talking about little Asian <laughs> Data. He thought he was James Bond. That was some good shit. Booby trap. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. This will be our final call for the night. We gotta get out of here. What do you well, mean booby trap? Booby trap. Did you see the booby? <laughs> All right, welcome to Plugged. Who's this? Well, I at least hope that if you do do a Walking Dead uh, roundtable, you at least give the person who's read the comics. A chance to be involved. Why would we do that? Who the heck is this? Who do you think it is? You don't recognize that voice? Has he been gone that long? Is this Sean? Yeah, I've been gone that long, JJ. That must be the thing. sound different. Well, I, I recognized your voice. He's the one that didn't recognize you. I seriously didn't. He sounds different. Well, he's on a phone. That's why. Oh, that could be why. I don't know. Yeah, I'm on the phone tonight. I didn't want to hook up the laptop. I, uh, I really didn't expect to call in until... I thought I should call in about the Walking Dead talks because, I mean, I haven't seen the latest episode, but I was pretty much spoiled either way after the episode was finished because people were immediately posting pictures of the entire thing on Facebook, and I was kind of like, okay, well, there's that. That oh. screwed over for me. You, you realize, though, by, by saying that you didn't want to hook up the laptop, that now the joke is going to be that Sean's phoning it in once again? I'm always phoning it in. That's the problem. <laughs> Now, seriously, how you been, man? It's been a while. It's um, it's going. I'm pretty much pulling uh, 13 hour days, pretty much every day with both jobs. So. Really? I'm um, I'm working pretty hardcore right now. It's getting uh, it's getting a little tiring, but I'm I'm getting some days off finally. I'm getting I'm bringing the money. That right now is uh, pretty much what I need. It's all about the money. So, pretty much what it is, and I'm definitely um, I'm definitely enjoying the show, guys. Y'all doing a great job. Definitely diff- different hearing Charles on uh, on this show, but I mean it's definitely uh, def- uh, definitely doing a great job. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate that. No problem. I definitely do want to talk about Walking Dead for a second, though. I've, um, I expect that either I mean I said on the Facebook group when uh, one person posted the entire Walking Dead what he expected because you guys were talking about tonight. I definitely put out there that. Uh, Either the group that Randall was with is going to show up during the middle of the little zombie invasion, or they're going to leave, someone's going to die off, and they're going to make it to the prison right before the show ends to definitely deal with, uh, definitely to start the prison. Because if Herschel dies, 
he was very integral in that entire part on uh, during the prison because he showed them how to do the uh, the farming and all of that. But at the same time, in the comic book, two of his daughters were beheaded by a prisoner. Mm. Well, I mean, and that's definitely something I expect to see because I really want to I really want to see that Herschel takes that turn. He took the turn a little bit in the in the show, but he takes a massive turn, basically towards where he almost commits suicide in the comic book. Well, see, I mean, I, and I see your point there, but, I mean, I like the fact that they're not going, you know, story by story of everything that's happened in the graphic novel. Because, I right. mean, really, if you're adapting it from a graphic novel, people are, okay, well, this guy's going to die here, this guy's going to die here, well, she's going to die here. Um, and, and I really think that if you want some suspense left in the story, that you've got to change things up a little bit. And for Definitely. TV, uh, you know, like, I thought it was cool that Shane lasted as long as he did because... I thought he was an interesting character. And in fact, like I said, he's my favorite character on the show. Um, there was just a dynamic with him that you didn't have with anybody else. You know, Shane was borderline crazy. And that last episode, he, he fucking lost it. I mean, you know, Lori fucked him up. I mean, that's what women do. They, they fuck you up. And we saw that first half of Shane. Much, yeah, I pretty much expected that to end the season, he was on Doc. Because the way they were pushing his character... He was going completely off the deep end. And the only thing, if they didn't kill him off, he was going to get Randall, and he was going to go and go find that group and basically bring the entire group back to the to the farm. To basically say, you kill Rick, I don't care what you do with, do with everybody else, um, but I want the girl and the kid. That's pretty much it. Well, see, I mean, I mean, that's what I have... I'm sorry, go ahead. Huh? No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's what I have expected. And they killed off Rick, which I definitely... I'd rather have him dead than bring in the Randall group because Randall was too much of a too much of a sniveling bitch, to be honest. Well, see, I I thought that you know if they were going to go the other way with 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 uh, with Shane, they could have had him go to the, to the to the camp and then just you know fucking go crazy and slaughter everybody there. Yeah, that was another that was another idea that I did see, and I mean I, I did I have expected him to at least. Try to kidnap. Um, now I forgot her name. Uh, his his wife and uh, Carl. Lori. And pretty much try to get them out of there. Yes, Lori, Lori, Lori. There we go. And um, try to get them out of there. And then like the zombies would show off. He would start a zombie or something. I mean, I was expecting Shane to completely go off, fall off the deep end, and then try to uh, do something even worse. I got a good question in chat. Anthony Farley says, "JJ, now that Shane's gone, who's your favorite character on the show?" Well, I guess I got to put my love behind T Dog now. Oh, he's bringing it, man. I don't know, man. Seriously, I mean, I like Rick. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like he's he's too goody two shoes for me. I do like Daryl, so probably Daryl because he's the motherfucker with the edge now. As long as he ain't Darryl. fucking, as long as he ain't hitting fucking Granny Panty, I mean, you know, it'd be all right. But but if he starts hitting Granny Panty, I'm gonna be upset. I don't think I can handle the show if he he starts hitting it with with Carol. I just I'd rather him fuck Lori. I mean, everybody else has. Why not Daryl? I mean, come on. <laughs> I expected something out of the entire thing. So I mean, if I like Daryl a little bit more than I like Dell because Daryl definitely has that edge when it comes to tracking, hunting, and all that. That's one of the reasons why I really like Daryl. Is he's definitely that southern redneck boy. 
This motherfucker got fucking shot in the fucking gut with an arrow. Or actually, he didn't get shot with it. He actually rolled up on an arrow. Managed to survive. And then got fucking shot in the head by Andrea. Okay? This motherfucker's yeah. a badass. I'm telling you. And he comes Definitely. from a family where his brother fucking cut his goddamn hand off. I really want to see Merle make his return. I like Merle. I'm a big fan of uh, of the guy that plays that character. So I, I'm, I'm kind of curious if they're actually going to have him come back because... They had him in that one episode as a flash, as basically the, the, the mirage almost. And hallucination is the word I was looking for. And basically, if they have him come back, I mean, I, I could see him coming back during the governor. When they get to the area where the governor is, I could see him coming out and basically being involved with the governor. Well, I, I think they need him on there because that's going to be the guy that's going to kill off T-Dog, you know? And rightfully Probably. so. Rightfully so, because the reason he was stuck on the roof was because T-Dog was fucking clumsy and dropped the key and left him for fucking dead. So, I mean, I, I could see, you know, a nice little conflict between those two. And I think justifiably so, Merle has every right to be upset. But then again, he also has every right to be upset with Rick, too, so he's going to be buttonheads heads with those guys. And I think that Daryl's allegiance might, you know, be in question here once his brother shows up, and that's... To me, that's going to be the next dynamic storyline that they have as far as people butting heads with Rick. I think that when Merle shows back up, and I think it's inevitable that he's going to, I think that's the direction to go. I mean, it's definitely looking like it's going to be a great episode. I mean, that's, that was one of the things that people were asking me today because they knew I was a wrestling fan. What are you going to watch this weekend? Are you going to watch TNA? Are you going to watch Walking Dead? And I was kind of like, well, I'll have one on the stream and the other on TV, so I'll figure out which on Sunday. Bronx father says JJ for the role of Shane's brother in season four. Why? So I can fuck Lori too. Another notch on her belt. That's right. She gets around. But uh, I'm. By the way, I'm. I am very happy to hear Diablo three does have a release date. I've been waiting for that release date for a very long time. Is that uh, the May sequel 15th. to Diablo two? I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm fucking you. Don't kill him, shoot I, I, him I actually kneecap. knew you were going to say something. Don't I knew you were going to say something. Don't kill him. Shoot him in the kneecap. He won't learn nothing that way. <laughs> oh, you're true. I'll shoot him in the kneecap and leave him in the woods. That's right. Some deer will get hungry, probably. They probably have a taste for beard. But uh, Diablo wow. 3 is definitely looking like it's going to be a possible candidate for game of the year. Um, as long as Blizzard has definitely Wait, I thought you were made everything. Like game of the year. I said... Originally, I said Mass Effect Three is Canada's Game of the Year. It is a, one of the one of the top votes for Game of the Year. It really it, all these people that are whining, crying about the end stuff are just whining, crying for about something because it's the end of the game. They're ticked off because of what's there. The game is one of the best games I have ever played. Um, so I have I have had no problems with the game whatsoever. I mean, everything was amazing. JJ, you'll definitely enjoy it. So uh, get ready for a very wild ride. Well, I just got to find time to play it. That's the problem. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I know that film, man. But I'll um, I'll definitely get off. Your and get away. What? Oh yeah, JJ's got all his Netflix. So before the table is Netflix. It's, I don't know why it's not working. Time to play Mass Effect. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. 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 Speaking of that, I, I did mention this earlier. We'll wrap the show up with this. My wife, being the techie genius that she is, and she is a genius, mind you, she had talked with somebody who told her that there was a way that we could get 
U.S. content on our Netflix. So she found out how to do it. And believe it or not, I now have a United States Netflix account. I mean, it, it's, it's Canadian, but we've tricked it into believing that it's a U.S. Netflix. So all the content that was on Netflix that I wasn't, being, I wasn't able to see before, I now have access to. Because she well, changed some settings around. Thing? Yeah, you wanted to mess with the, the language and the region and stuff, right? Uh, I, I believe that's what she did. I wasn't there when she did it, but she did it. and Yeah, because uh, a lot of people used to do stuff like uh, when Japan or people in Europe or something like that would get access to a demo or something like that before the U.S. Yep. I have a Japanese Xbox Live account. And I, have a, I have one for different areas as well, so I can go in there into their marketplaces and get their demos and stuff if they ever got anything before us. So we've been uh, watching. I went and watched some of the wrestling content on there, and uh, they actually have the show that I've been wanting to buy anyway, which was uh, Nip Tuck. I have a couple seasons of that on, on DVD. So we're going back and watching the entire series of Nip Tuck from from uh, season one. And uh, so I'm back into watching that show. I love that show. That show and The Shield were my two favorite shows at one point in time. Nip and Nip Tucking. So I'm uh, I'm definitely watching some Nip Tuck. Courtesy of my uh, my Netflix update, if you will. <laughs> nice. So no longer can Charles Shane say, "Oh, I'm watching this, and you can't." Because you're in Canada. No more beard. We're on par now, motherfucker. We're on par. Well, on by you? the way, I don't know if y'all heard about this, but uh, Netflix is actually moving away from movies and moving towards TV shows. And getting their own line of TV shows, basically for Netflix. Farley well, says, you, "Oh, Farley says they hear this and they cancel it." If somebody from Netflix is listening to this show, I fucking welcome them the opportunity. Pretty sure that someone who's operating at Netflix is not listening to this show. And it's also it's not the fact that it's nothing Netflix can control. It's something Xbox would have to do because he's doing this through his Xbox. That's pretty much making when he connects to the service to make them think that he's in the U.S. Netflix nope. can't block that. Nope. They have no control over it. <clears throat> I'll tell you something smarter than Netflix did was uh, Apple released, obviously, the new iPad, and they released the new Apple TV. Through the Apple TV, they always had Netflix on there, but you had to, like you do for anything else you use, like Xbox 360 or whatever, you have to go sign up on the Netflix website and then activate your Xbox or your PS3 or your Wii or whatever as your device. But what they did through the Apple TV is... If you already have a credit card set up on Apple TV to buy, you know, movies, TV shows, whatever, you can have it automatically just bill your Apple account for your Netflix. So that ease of use is going to get them a crap load more subscribers. I just wish they could. Uh, I would pay even more money if they could get new releases on instant streaming. Be nice. Yeah. If they could have a, a way bigger, I'd pay more money to have an even bigger catalog. I don't have a song of the night. Anybody got any suggestions? Oh, River. Oh, no, that that's not a good one. I'm serious. I I, I am completely like. Oh wait, I I, I do have it. No, no, never mind. I, I've got one. Oh, he's got a song of the night. I do. I have this. <laughs> God damn it, Charles. <laughs> I'm just trying to help, man. That is totally not what we're going to use. <laughs> Not gonna happen, buddy. Oh uh, man, you're lucky I don't play this other one. Oh, what's the other one? I don't know. I don't know if I should Do play I the goddamn song. Don't fucking tease me with it. <laughs> Let me see if I have it here. 
just don't see JJ. You know he likes it. All right, Sean. Speaking of which, while I get this, what is the story that we need to go back to with you? Who? What? You. Remember the story that you wouldn't divulge in the middle of the episode? What? Are you talking to me? Are you you talking to me or him? You. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I I just, we're just talking about Netflix. We just talked about Netflix. That was the only story I had. Hello? I think he's lost his memory. Anyway, whatever. Moving on, Charles. I think Charles is gone. Oh, I found your song. Oh, what song? Here you go. This is my jam, yo. Well, actually, your jam. This is your jam, right? I'm hanging up on you. (laughs) What? You fucking Enrique Iglesias motherfucker, you. (laughs) I will be... You know what? If you're going to bring in some Enrique, at least bring out something that would be relevant to the show. I will be a hero. I will take away the pain. Wow. Oh. Fuck. Anyway. What happened to the show since I've been gone? Uh. Yeah, well, you know what? The show was fine until you called in, Sean. Thanks. (laughs) It's all your fault, Sean. Uh, I don't know. It's all your fault. Well, I tell you what. We're going to wrap things up. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit our happy trails and you know we'll, we'll say our our final whatever whatever the fuck we want to say at the end of the night kind of thing you know it's been a it's been a good show you know what i actually had fun with justin labar tonight that was a good segment i um uh, looking forward to doing more news of the week with wrestlezone.com now i don't know if justin's going to be here every week to do it um but i've been told that we'll have somebody from wrestlezone whether it's Chris Cash, whether it's Nick Paglino, whether it's Josh Eisenberg, whether it's Enrico Iglesias in the background there. I mean, somebody will be here for that segment each and every week. I hate you, Charles. <laughs> I truly, truly hate you, Charles. Don't don't bother adding me. Hey, you asked Facebook. for it, man. I was just obliged. Forget the Xbox Live. Just forget it. Just forget it. It's just whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, I was just trying to help you out. Oh, I bet you were. Oh, great. I'm watching a replay for SmackDown. There's kids that are shirtless in the audience. What the hell are these parents teaching these children? Wow. Like, seriously, what are they teaching these kids? Don't ask me. Are they painted? I don't know. The kid had a Celtic uh, Seamus necklace. And he's kind of white with red hair, so maybe maybe he's co- it's cosplay. I don't know. Teaching his kids to be a fella. Sean, He's Irish. Any, any final What's words up? before we, we let you go, my friend? It's been a while, so I definitely have been wanting to come back on the show and say the only thing that I really that, that I can impart on the show that I need to contact you and so we can cut a liner, a true liner. But as always, no matter what, always remember, U4L, on blog for life. Have a good night, gentlemen. All right, we'll talk to you later, Sean. Charles, anything? Oh, here we go, dude. I'm going to hang the fucking phone up on you. Fist pump, listeners. Fist pump right now. Oh, my God. Anyway, Charles, any final words, my friend? Well, apparently, I've just been disowned. <laughs> you have been disowned. We pulled your man card. 
Oh man. That's not nice. Uh, final words. Uh, yeah, just follow my awesome self on Twitter. And your your website? Yes, I'm getting to that. Uh, check out what I'm doing at uh, Virtual Squared Circle. Um, I'm actually going to be changing things. I was going on one path, and now I'm changing and going in another direction with that. So look for different things to happen there and different changes to happen there. But yes, virtualsquaredcircle.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Charles Shane, and... Good night, everyone. And as always, you guys can follow me at uh, SNS underscore JJ6A1 on Twitter. Find me on Facebook. Find the SNS Facebook group. Join that. And as always. Add friend before you get ridiculed. Yeah, exactly. Add, add, add friends. It's, that's very important. And as always, make sure you listen to all the great programming here on the SNS Radio Network, you know, like Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. Why with Nim and Ashley is my name. It's actually Ashley is his name rather, not mine. <laughs> make sure I clarify that. Nim and Ashley for why. Uh, make sure that you're listening to the Elite Force podcast with Walkie and Mindwipe and also in the midweek with Chuck W. Uh, don't forget Wrestling News Live every Monday night with myself and the Trey Dog and the Pro Wrestling Rewind with the Bronx Father, Tony Mirabella, and of course. The Power, Andy Knowles, and then, of course, you know this show. I mean, every Friday night, we're bringing it to you live, folks. Live, baby, live. Right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be smoking live, yeah. Yeah, I think we might be smoking something. I don't know. But uh, with that being said, we have come to the end of this journey. It's been fun. But I'm tired. Charles is tired. You're tired? I'm tired. I'm tired. It's been a long day. I'm tired. I, I, I got a shot today. They gave me a virus. Remember? And they told me I'd be tired, so they're right. It is late. Saint, I want to wish everyone a happy St. Patrick's Day, because right now it is St. Patty's Day. And oh, Jim Duggan's on the line. If <laughs> What? He's got a message for Eve. E- Good night, folks. I think he was talking about Lori. Well, that could be too. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. If you're listening on the archive, well, then I guess you missed St. Patty's Day. But either way... Happy St. Paddy's Day. I'll see you on Monday for another edition of Wrestling News Live. And don't forget, Sunday, the pay-per-view coverage. Even if you're not watching the pay-per-view, listen to Sunday <laughs> Night Showdown. Which you're probably not. Which you're probably not. I know I'm not going to be. But uh, make sure you listen to the guys on Sunday Night Showdown as they cover the pay-per-view live, free of charge for you. So on that note, I'm JJ Sexay. He's the phenom, Charles Shane. And you've just been unplugged. Good night, everybody. We are out of here. I'm going to go find my sanity. Good luck on that. And it ties into our Walking Dead talk.
Or if you're a zombie, there's a bullet in your fucking head. Just saying. Or if you're Otis, there's a bullet in your kneecap. I just want somebody to do a recap for the show, you know, like those movie recaps where they say, you know, J.J. Sexay of Unplugged, I laughed till I stopped. Just food for thought. Pretty kick ass guitar solo. Yes, zombie. I don't know what, what would have given it away. The fact that she's like, zombie, zombie, zombie. Eh, eh. I mean, seriously, I mean, that would have given it away, right? Eh, whatever. We're out of here. Good night, people. You think his hearing would be better to freaking, you know, for freaking bad eyes. True that. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out.